1.21 gigawatts. I want to go back to the present. Yeah. My son asked me if I could visit a time period. What would I visit in last time? And I was like, so Brian about it because I was just mm. like, okay, well, how long do I stay there? Do you I have like 19 qualifiers? Am, am I like, am, am I the same person? Do I have access to this person's language and custom knowledge? Like, I'm like yes. ripping it apart. Yeah. And I'm like, dang What it, you do? Drew. You got to do that to ruin the fun. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a good thought experiment question for you, but we're recording. and Yes, we are. If, if it's important enough, I'll remember it at <laughs> okay. some point in the pencast and we'll get All back right. to it. But it's related to the Back to the Future car. Nice. So if that comes up, I can make we'll it do come it. up. I love that car. Okay. All, All right. right. Ready? Uh, yeah. Let's make it happen. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 88 of the Goulet Pen Cast. This is the episode number that marks uh, when the Back to the Future DeLorean time travels. Right? The, 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 the speed, yes, yes. The speed at which yes. you would travel through, th- through, yep. through time. And then we can celebrate again when we hit episode number 1985. Ooh. And we can celebrate again when we hit <laughs> okay. episode uh, 1955. And then again when we hit uh, oh. episode 2015. Wow. Okay, well, there you go. Um, so oh, a, 1885 as well. If you wanted to time travel and spend the next two hours in a daze and then wonder what happened, uh, you're in the right place. Uh, because this is the pen cast where fountain pens are still a thing. I'm Brian Goulet. I'm Drew Brown. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're going to be talking about getting back into fountain pens after a break for several years. Not that I can relate, but I had several years. I had 25 years of a break. That's true. From the time I was born. Anyway, yep. um, if you can keep Shimmer from leaving the page and getting all over other things, we're going to be explaining the Pilot Custom Series numbering system. Spoiler alert. It's complicated. It makes a ton of sense and is going to help you <laughs> immensely in your fountain pen journey. Yep. Uh, we have some crazy custom grinds that we've seen that we can talk about. We do a lightning round of a whole bunch of shorter questions. Some pen related, some not related to anything at all. Nothing. Just nonsense questions. So that'll be fun. We're going to compare the pilot vanishing point and pilot decimo right. in our spotlight. And of course, we're got our usual nonsensical updates of personal stuff. So that's what's happening today. And we'll start it off with some feedback. Okay. I don't know if you recall, Brian, but last week I demoed the Private Reserve Ink Zero Luxury Hand Cleaner Remover I do recall that. I do recall that. It didn't go super well for me. We had a lot of confidence Um, about publishing that. It was like, this is really helpful. I feel great about how we're presenting this. Well, a lot of people agreed with me, said that like, um, uh, yeah, I find that it works really well with some inks, some not so much, Mm -hmm. you know, so it is Mm -hmm. what it is. Um, A lot of Baker wrote in and said, a hint. For keeping your hands ink-free is to use a good, non-greasy moisturizer before you work with your pens. Hmm. Dry skin will absorb more ink and make it harder to wash off. I don't know if, if you know this about me. I have very dry hands. Very, like, very, very dry hands. Hmm. So, it A, did not, I left this ink on my hand for the whole day. B, I have very dry hands. So, your hands are more absorbent, maybe, than Possibly, most. yeah. So uh, I thought this was an interesting idea, a non-greasy okay. moisturizer. So something that is good quality, so it's not going to leave sticky, oopy goop all over your I feel pens. Like, I feel like, see, I have the opposite problem. My yeah. hands are super oily. Yeah. There is no such thing as a non-greasy moisturizer for me. Oh, so you should have demoed the hand cleaner then. I probably should have. Yeah. I might have represented better. But anyway. it's okay. We wanted to give it more of like a 
realistic. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know that we're not trying to just hawk our wares at you, you know, I mean, it is part of what we're doing, but I mean, (laughs) part of it, but we're not trying to like, we're not misrepresenting. Right. Yeah. We're not fibbing at people. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, uh, this one, uh, existential crisis octopus wrote in, (laughs) what a, what a great name. This octopus is having a rough go. Um, wrote in and said, for your word cloud, because we did, you know, what's your favorite pen, word cloud, and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Could ES, that we saw on the word cloud, mm-hmm. um, potentially have been E95S if some for some reason it omitted numbers? And uh, I didn't see any numbers on the word cloud. I don't know. Like, I don't remember seeing 74 awesome. or 823. Yeah, there was custom. Right. So I, I don't think, know if that was the word custom, that, like, showed up more than all the numbers. I think did? for some reason it might have omitted numbers. And that would really? make sense why ES was so big. This is a good theory. Right. I, I like the theory. And, and, and Existential Crisis Octopus was not the only person with that theory. How did you so. create that word cloud? What did you use? To Some make free that? website. I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, who know knows? How we would find out. Okay. Who knows? So Some free website that is prejudiced against numbers. Well, apparently. if an octopus going through an existential crisis has the time to write in with such a theory, I think it needs it's, to be taken seriously. I, yeah. I agree. All right. And then finally, um, from Randall says, hi, guys, I'm new to the hobby, but its hooks seem to be set. Sorry, Randall. Uh, Recently, while working on our kitchen renovation, I listened to what can only be described as an absurd amount of the pen cast. You guys kept me company while spending countless hours sanding, priming, and painting. Thanks for the help. And uh, Randall sent us a picture, which I will share. Um, Brian, the uh, picture is in our folder if you want to check it out. But Mm -hmm. um, Randall's working in his basement along with a uh, water heater, a really interesting mural of some animals drinking like completely under the under the table and um, while working on some cabinetry. And then on nice. a monitor, we've got a uh, playing a pen cast as well. So Randall's just Beautiful. doing it up. I love that mural that by the way, it's just you know drunken goats just that's what I want in my basement. It's an inspiration. feels like a feels like a basement artwork thing to Absolutely. have I it's guess. quite stunning i've never had a basement actually so i don't really know but I'd if experience... you if you if you had a basement you would definitely have drunken farm animals in it right of course yeah why wouldn't you of course yeah, without saying, all right. it's just natural yeah. that's it for me cool all right i got some feedback myself too this is from creator bell 28 as a student who frequently watches the pen cast whilst drunkenly knitting <laughs> and putting off an essay i should be working on <laughs> I've read this before, too. (laughs) Brian's joke that a bunch of (laughs) listeners are knitting and drinking whilst working hits different. Because on the, on the, on the, what other hobbies do you have? Yeah. Knitting was really big and drinking was really big. It was really big. It's like how many knitters out there are drinking while they're at work? Oh, I love that so much. Well, Bell, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should feel seen. Mm -hmm. You're not alone, apparently. It came up in the word cloud. (laughs) So you're in good company. Um, That just creates such a, pleasantly visual image of like somebody just you know throwing them down while knitting a, of, a pile of textbooks in the corner yep. that they glare at every so often and yep. just like mm, bunch nope of, bunch of lopsided sweaters not doing that <laughs> sweaters yep. that are getting less and less yep. tightly knit oh. as they go further down because <laughs> they're getting sloppier drunk as they go oh i love oh that gosh, that's crazy Thank you so much for that. Made my, made my morning. That was great. Um, all right. Steam Dome says, I received my order and included was your new info booklet. Hey! You showed last time, yeah. Read through it and did the QR feature. It works great. I think those that are new to fountain pens will find it very helpful. Well, that was the Love goal. Love hearing that. 
that's the goal. Awesome feedback. Yeah, there was a couple bits of feedback on that positively. So Yay. we appreciate that. It did, That's awesome. You know, um, Adrian um, kind of took lead at getting that design. Adrian spearheaded it, but Drew was the one who initially kind of like threw that idea out there and was kind of, you know, one Adrian's great at it. taking things and running with it, though. She so. did. She took it. Yeah, she certainly yeah. did. And it so. was um, it was actually, if you've ever seen our um, stickers with the fountain pen and like kind of the stars and clouds or the one with the cherry blossom behind it, the designer of the brochure was that same graphic designer. So um, it was go. a pleasure working with uh, Mary again. She's super talented. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, and then I got one more. Uh, this is from the Bluebell 89. Okay. Second week in a row that Brian has me crying with laughter. <laughs> that goat story had me struggling to breathe with its delivery. That's yep. the second time we've mentioned goats and the second time we've mentioned drunkenness. And we're only like a couple minutes in. I don't know. I think there's a double theme. goat reference, double drunk reference. One that featured a dr- drunken goat. So you got the drunken knitters, drunken goat, and then goat story. <laughs> There's something here, Brian. Drunken goat. The what drunken goat the drunken... on the mural. There was a. Oh right, yes. right, right. Yeah. Well, there was yeah, other yeah. animals too, but the goat okay. was definitely inebriated. Wow, for sure. I'm telling you, I feel like we're manifesting this somehow. I tell you. All right. Watch out for well, more goats, people. There you go. This is I don't I don't know what we're into here, folks, but come along for the journey. You can time travel with us at 88 miles an hour. Uh, that's it for feedback. Let's talk about some new stuff. All right, Drew, I got a new brand to talk Wait about. Wait a second. I'm sure we carry all the brands, don't we? I mean, do we finally get Mont Blanc? No, <laughs> not quite. But it's another German brand. Hey, we're close. Same, same thing, right? They're neighbors. <laughs> you know, maybe they grew up together. That and counts. They're probably friends in elementary school. There and we then, go. Like, Mont Blanc, Blanc got just, too cool for them. Yeah, they got in the popular crowd. Ah, and Waldman, isn't that always how Waldman it goes? was more with like the nerd crowd, baby. Oh, what? And uh, they were like, you know what? That's fine. I don't need to be in the popular what crowd. What brand did you say? Waldo? Wal- Waldman. 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 Oh. Waldman with two N's. Waldman. That's right. Um, yeah. So we picked up Waldman pens. So this is a brand that we've had on our, our eye on for a little while. Um, but it's, uh, you know, not a not an intro level pen brand. They sell fancier stuff. Um, really nice quality, great German builds, you know, the kind of things that you would expect from your higher end German brands. Um, and so we're kind of easing into that. So we wanted to see what y'all thought. Um, we picked up a couple different models. We have the uh, first one is a limited edition one, which looks pretty cool. The Jubilee 105. So this 18 karat gold nib, cartridge converter. You're looking in the $800 range for this one. And it's brown. And it's brown, which, you know, Drew is a fan of. That's not the pen, but no. it is brown. <laughs> this happens to be another brown like, pen. <laughs> brown Italian pen. Yes. Um, we have the Waldman Tango Imagination, which is... Um, $344. That's a steel nib version in a custom, in a custom, a cartridge converter. That's what I'm going to say. And then we have the, ah, this, oh, next, oh. this next one, Drew, I don't know how to say it. Do you we, know how to say it? I figured it? it out. Yes. I asked Bryce at Luxury Brands. Okay. It is the Zetra. Zetra. Yes. There you go. So X-E-T-R-A. I was like, is this extra Spelled differently somehow. Or X Zetra. Zetra or etc. Etc. Yeah, I don't know. I think you could go with any of these, but it sounds like it's Zetra Vienna. Yeah. So there you go. Zetra, uh, white with rose gold. This thing looks really cool, it's, and it's got like it's, um, it's got like a hand carved yeah like cap to it. That if you remember the um, platinum Caracusa, I think it was called. It was like a blue celluloid that had this yeah. carving. Very similar kind of vibe to that. Um, but anyway, so that one is another steel nib one, similar to similar in, in, in size and nib and stuff as the Tango, but um, that one's 440. So definitely an investment on these pens, but build quality is great. Um, so yeah, you can go check those out. Check out Waldman, new brand for us. Doesn't happen every day. 
No, it doesn't. I am only going to talk about ink, Brian. All right. But, but it's, it. There it's is a, a lot of ink that's been happening. It's some cool lately. ink. It's some cool ink. So right. we talked months ago, I think, maybe a month, maybe two, maybe three, maybe nine, uh, about <laughs> the new Reddit inks. So the Reddit fountain pen community um, has decided once again, as they do, I think, every year uh, these days, on a, an exclusive Reddit ink being produced by Diamine that then later makes its way to retailers. Mm-hmm. It has made its way to retailers, or I should say they have made their way to retailers because this year it's going to be two inks. Hey-o. The first of which is Celadon Cat, the second of which is called Sailor's Warning. Celadon Cat is a greenish, bluish, grayish situation thing happening, and mm-hmm. Sailor's Warning is a sparkly, reddy, orangey thing. Um, so uh, a couple different sizes here. So we've got Celadon Cat is um, available in a 30 mil for eight bucks mm-hmm. in an 80 mil for 17 bucks. Okay. Sailor's Warning is available in neither of those sizes, but <laughs> is instead available for a 50 mil in $22, which is less ink, but more money than the Celadon Cat That's is fun. because it's sparkly, Brian. You pay oh, more for the, for the shimmer. More for the shimmer. Yes. So either way, both of those are also available in samples, so you can try them, mm-hmm. check them out. I think they're both a lot of fun to write with, but I have been a fan of Celadon Cat. I've got that inked up yeah. right now, and um, it's in my bouncy uh, FA nib on my 912, and mm. I really am having a lot of fun with its shading properties. Yeah. Because now in I feel an, like you need that in a Vertigree like, Custom 743 with the FA nib. Yeah, on a broad like, nib would be really nice too oh yeah. um, because it is a very light ink when put in a double extra fine like what I'm using. Right. It's barely visible, but mm. because it can flex a little bit, I'm opening it up and okay. you know pulling okay. some, but I okay. do think it shades nicely. Mm. So okay. in addition to that, Colorverse is ramping things up, mm. dropping some new and old inks on us. Ooh. So if you remember, there was a set, I forget the name, it might have been Eye on the Universe, um, that included um, Mystic Mountain, NGC 1850, and Horsehead Nebula. Those mm-hmm. were the tiny bottles that were companions of the big bottles, but they were really cool tiny bottles. So what mm. Colorverse is doing is saying, hey, you wanted some of these in bigger bottles, here you go. That's awesome. So those are in now the 30 mil bottles for 17 bucks a pop. Mystic Mountain is a delightful ink. That was one of the- That's a good one. I believe that was paired with um, uh, uh, um, Pillars of Creation, I think. Uh, I don't recall. It was a really slick one, a really beautiful color. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as the uh, newer inks that are in the large um, 65 mil bottles, the big comet-shaped bottles, mm-hmm. we're getting Cat's Eye Nebula, Monkey Head Nebula, and Iris Nebula. So Nebulae. Nebulae. Yes. Um, $29.50 each for those. Um, mm. And yeah, Monkey Head is very similar to Mystic Mountain, I will say. Mm. But uh, you can't really go wrong. So if you want a lot of that cool bluish color, you might want to get yourself a monkey head. Yeah. If you want just a little bit, you know, I think that uh, old Mystic Mountain is where you want to be. Mm. Yeah. All right. That's it. Awesome. That's New Ink. All right. Let's do some Q&A, shall we? Let's A the Qs. All right, Drew. All right. We have an, not an email, a message. An Instagram DM. You could say a direct message. A direct one. Yes, indeed. From Amy Noel Cook. And Amy says, I'm re-entering the world of fountain pens after a several years break. Mm. What fountain pen should I use? Good question. You're the right man for the job. Sort of. Well. I've made a video on this. I would consider that relevant. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I have had to lean on others experience and recommendations because I myself had no experience with fountain pens, discovered them 
and then never left. Yeah, so never I've never, I've never taken a break and then come back. So as opposed to all those other things you take a break from <laughs> and then come back. Yeah. Right. What are you trying to say, man? Uh, I've taken, I've taken breaks from things. And you've come taken back. some breaks from some, some breaks things, from some maybe. things. <laughs> Normally I'm just adding more things. Yes. But at some point you have too many things. I think something, I think, I think break. breaks don't, it doesn't count when you just forget that you're supposed to do something that else because count. you add too many oh. other things. That doesn't well, count as a break. That's semantics, That's right? an it's accidental ba- that, break. You know, I don't think we need to judge the intention <laughs> of it. I think it's just, you know, whatever. It's you good. do a great it's job, cool. buddy. Thanks, man. Um, but I did do a video specifically covering this. It was kind of with the intention of like, you probably still have some of the pens left around. Oh, so right. I will say that. I don't know if that's your situation here, Amy. I know that is a lot of people's situation because most people would, especially with fountain pens, they're not, they're not meant, most of them are not meant to be disposable. Right. So most people, even when they, you know, it's, it's like very few people are like, I'm done with these, burn them to the ground. I'm right. going to, you know, shred them in my garbage disposal. And then it's even harder to sell them or give them away to somebody, you know, cause nobody else well, I think most people, them. most people who like sort of use them casually and it kind of falls out, they usually end up buried in a drawer somewhere, yeah. usually filled with ink. And then now you're in my turf, you know, in terms of cleaning. Um, that was the assumption I made in that particular video. That's probably most people's situation. Yeah. Though it's certainly possible if you, you know, whatever, gave them away or just got rid of them or whatever, you may not have any at all. So um, the that video, we'll link to it. It's called Falling Back in Love with Fountain Pens. Um, I go through kind of a step-by-step, and I'll just cover the steps here because I think it's it's relevant. Um, but the basics of what I laid out in that video that you can go watch is um, basically go through and find out what you already have. Because I think if you're trying to get back into fountain pens, you know, you don't necessarily have to go and buy a whole bunch of stuff, right? Like you can see what you've already got, especially if it's anything that you have previous experience with, or maybe it was a pen that was given to you, sentimental, something like that. You know, that's a fun experience to kind of relive those memories and stuff anyway. So start there, um, clean them out. They're probably going to have ink in them. So clean them out. Um, and then just get familiar with the whole process of just like inking, using the pens, cleaning them, we have a whole fountain pen 101 series that's 10 years old now. We're in the process of redoing that, but it's taking a while and that will be forthcoming. So you can rewatch the new one once we get that. Um, but then, you know, I think as much as I don't like to admit, Drew's process for using pens is probably a better approach for people getting back into them or maybe getting into it the first time, stick with like two or three pens. Just keep those inked up at a time and just, you know, get to use them, get get to know them in rotation. Don't ink up every pen you have and buy a thousand of them and never clean them like I do. Um, So do that. Check for any ink that you might have in, you know, your possession. Um, As you're using the pens, definitely check and make sure you're re-inking the pen. I think that's something that Maybe you've, depending on how much experience you had prior, but certainly people that are newer to fountain pens, they end up not realizing how quickly they go through ink and they can end up either getting frustrated or, you know, going somewhere and the pen seems unreliable because it just wasn't inked up or maybe it evaporated out or whatever. So just being conscious of checking for your ink regularly and then just cleaning it on a regular basis too. Every time you change colors or, um, you know, every three to four weeks, as a baseline, more so if you're in drier environments, you know, and the ink is more likely to evaporate out of the pen more regularly. Um, you can kind of judge that. Um, and then I said, you just set aside time to play and get to know your pens. You know, the more you use them, the more comfortable you get with them, the more you'll learn them and it won't be so intimidating. Um, and then reach out for help. So you can reach out to our team, definitely watching videos like this, 
well, maybe this one's a kind of bad example. Maybe not this you one. May or may not, you might get inspired by this one. You may or may not learn something actually useful or helpful. Um, you might by accident. You might, you might think like, I'm sure they have better videos than this. And then that leads and you And then you to, watch some other ones and you're like, oh, this is like helpful and con more concise they, content. They you're do like, make better this things. Is, this is kind of like, maybe they have nothing better to do. <laughs> and they just got locked in a room with a camera <laughs> and they're trying to talk their way out. Um, that's kind of what Pencast feels like. But anyway. So um, to kind of summarize that, I would say start with what you have if you have any pens. But if you did want some, um, I have a couple other videos that are also are probably good. You know, fountain pens for newbies, or I did have fountain pens for newbies, I think in 2021, that was kind of an update. Um, so anything that's like not a huge investment, but that is like really popular and, um, you know, well-known, those are gonna be, you know, reliable just because a lot of people have them and use them and kind of vouch for them. Um, but also you're gonna get a pretty pretty reliable experience without a huge investment. Um, so some ones that are just like workhorse pens that are pretty easy for us to recommend to pretty much anybody. Lamy Safari is a good one. Twisby Eco, especially for a piston filler. Um, or 580 also works, but Eco's cheaper. Um, Pilot Metropolitan or Explorer, because Drew likes the Explorer. It's nice also pen. a good pen, also a good pen. Um, Pilot Parallel, if you want to do any type of calligraphy type stuff, it's also very inexpensive. Um, Jinhao Shark, I kind of debate on whether this is the best one. It's it's a lot of fun and there's some fun colors, so it can be kind of fun, especially for like kids and stuff. Yeah. But it's not like the nicest pen. Very affordable. It's very affordable. Can't really um, say yeah. nothing against that. Yeah, and then like a Platinum Preppy or Profonte, pretty inexpensive investment. Uh, um, you know, you can eyedropper convert those and, and try using them out pretty easy to clean and stuff like that and, and pretty reliable. So those are all some good pens uh, to start with, though, of course, there's a lot of other really good ones. And you can just go onto our site and, you know, look at view all fountain pens and look at what's most popular. That's a good place uh, to go because everybody that's buying stuff from our site pretty much is using pens on the regular. So, you know, it's not just what's prettier, or what looks interesting, but it's like, Pretty much most of the pens that float to the top on our site are ones that people are using and for good reason. Are like good yeah. long-standing pens. So that's kind of where I would start out with. Yeah, I think that's solid. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. I would back that play. All right, Drew. This is from Shaki. Oh, Shakiya. I don't give these to you on purpose. I promise. Shaki. Oh, wait. Shakiara Valu. There we go. Okay. Tips for stopping glitter ink from transferring to the other page, please? Or is it just poor sparkly ink? You use glitter, like shimmering inks a little more than I do, so. Uh, yeah, not a ton. I, I, I generally get annoyed by their maintenance, but mm. I will say that no, they're not bad shimmer inks. It's not that, it's not. It's not that it's the not ink like itself has gone Right, you, you're not using whatever. the wrong shimmer ink. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's, it's a pretty simple thing is that these bits of glitter are you know, very large physical particles compared to the rest of the ink, you know, so the ink will get absorbed by the paper. These pieces of, you know, mica or whatever are like, they, they are rigid particles. They're not going to find a way inside of the paper fibers. They're yeah, just not, not they're not, they're not small enough. They're like um, physical, physical particulate. They're yeah, not, they're like, not liquid. Like <laughs> rocks almost. Um, <laughs> Tiny so, rocks in yeah, your ink. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it, it but I suppose it could be possible if you've got a really, really loose weave paper, they could probably find some ways to get in there. Mm. Um, really, you can just minimize it. But, you know, the that stuff is going to sit on top, whereas the ink is going to go down 
just kind of leave that stuff on top of the paper. So well, if it if it absorbed into the paper, you wouldn't see it exactly, right? Like yeah. that's the whole reason you see the shimmer. And same thing with sheen; it's because it's sits on sitting top. on the surface. Yeah. That's why things like Tomoe, like these super ink resistant papers, that's why they look so like crazy on yeah. those papers is because it's it shows all it on, sitting yeah. up on top there. Exactly. You can do things to minimize it though. Um, one thing that I would recommend is making sure it fully dries before, you know, shutting mm. your book and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also choose inks that don't have a ton of shimmer in it. Uh, Jacques Urban's 1670 ink series and 1798 ink series, both with gold and silver shimmer respectively, tend to not put as much in there as, you know, inks like Robert Oster, Diamine, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Private Reserve. So I find that just if you use less shimmer, less shimmer will transfer to your other page, just, mm. you know, statistically Makes speaking. Sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So um, the only other thing I have kind of thought of is, you know, like I mentioned before, paper type might play a role. However, when I started thinking about it, Brian, mm. my first guess was that maybe a more textured paper would capture these particles a little bit more so that mm-hmm. if something ran across it, it wouldn't lift them right up and off of it if they were in little nooks and crannies, you know? Yeah, yeah. However, I started to think about it, and mm. if these particles are completely separated from their ink bath right. in something that is very porous and mm-hmm. absorbent, like, mm-hmm. say, a original crown mill like or something like that. Or something, yeah, exactly. Or Gilalo or so something like that. So at that point the ink is completely leaving the shimmer all by itself up yeah. there. It's like, I'm out of here. I'm absorbing y- into y'all, the paper. Y'all just stay up there. Y'all chill up there. So even if the paper is a little bit more of a rough, rough texture and they do get some like, you know, mm-hmm. little nooks mm-hmm. and crannies to hide in, I do wonder if, and I haven't experimented on this, and there might be somebody out there who has, what if on Tomoe, which is a heavily coated mm-hmm. um, paper, the ink doesn't seep deep down into the paper, but kind of stays on top with the rest of it. Do you think that maybe the dried ink could act as some sort of binding agent Hmm. to the shimmer particles and keep them adhered to the paper a little bit better? Maybe with certain inks, like um i'm thinking well let's see here now i'm thinking of like pigmented inks and like the sailor sailor i, I, I like, just i kind of feel like if, and if, stuff like that but if the, those don't have shimmer in them if the shimmer gets to still sit in the ink even if it's dried ink could the dried ink actually grip onto the shimmer a little bit i would i'm not is a, that crazy i'm no chemist or physicist so i don't 100 percent. i don't know either i kind of want to try it my, i want to see if like well, my, if, lo- if my I logic took... might say that like because the shimmer is kind of just like in suspension mm-hmm. in the ink that it's not adhering. No, but dried ink though. Dried ink can become I don't hard, right? Like or more or less. Sort of. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think like when you leave a pen and just like let it dry up inside your. Yeah, you've you know, got you leave your ink and dried up yeah, inside the water, your feet. The water or goes like away, that. and what you're looking at is just the dye. Like it is definitely there. There is like a binding property of right. Sorts. So that's what I'm wondering. Like maybe, hmm. maybe heavily coated paper is best for shimmer ink. But I do feel like mm, I don't know. It may be that there there is some of that, but just the sheer volume of particulate that's straight up at the surface yeah. counteracts so, like any benefit that you may you get might to be the right binding. There. You, you know might what I mean? Be right there. I'm curious. I kind of want to take some like, you know, uh, you know, you know what kind of reminds me of? It's like if you're if you've ever worked on a project with a 
youthful energy, mm. I'll say that. We won't pick a particular age. But if you got a youthful energy about you and you like squeeze some glue or something on like some craft paper and then you just dump glitter all over top of it, mm-hmm. yeah, like some of that's gonna stick onto the glue, but there's like way too much glitter <laughs> and glitter's gonna go everywhere anyway. So like it doesn't really matter how sticky the glue yeah. is. At a certain point when you put so much glitter on it, yeah someone's going to come off anyway. So I don't know it could, th- about that analogy, theory, but, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I think you. your theory has some validity to it, but I also feel like when you're using super slick, like ink-resistant papers like Tomoe, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot more smearing in general, whether it's like a sheening or you get the, I'm thinking specifically like things like nitrogen, right? Yeah. Reading Studios nitrogen. That's not shimmering, but it's got crazy sheening and stuff. I feel like that crap never dries on Tomoe. Oh, no, it like, never it just will does. Ne- like a, three weeks later, it'll, it'll smear. Yeah. So it's like... It should be used as some sort of industrial lubricant. Maybe it is. We don't even know. <laughs> we don't know. Um, yeah, so I don't so know. I don't, uh, I don't if know. anybody has experimented with that, let us know. I think I kind of want to try it myself with like some, you know, uh, Gilalo, you know, textured paper versus Tomoe River just to see hmm. if... Uh, and, just, and just and just playing around with just kind of like rub rub a piece of paper it across difference. it to see which huh. smears more. What I will say is that you know in general when I'm using a notebook, like especially like because I use I use Argule notebooks which have Tomoe paper mm-hmm. in them, very ink resistant paper. So if I'm using a shimmering ink in that notebook and I'm like on the go, you know, not e- not even just shimmer, but like just the ink itself, you know, it's like you either got to like like blow on it to get it to dry or what I do is take like a blotter sheet or some other like more absor- a paper towel or whatever, like something absorbent and use that as sort of like a bookmarker, like yeah. a placeholder and shut that up. I wonder, I again have not experimented heavily with this specific to shimmer, but I would have to believe that if you have benefit from using some kind of blotter sheet or some more absorbent sheet in between your notebook, you know, because if you're talking, you know, Shakiravalu here is asking about ink transferring from one page to the other. I'm assuming that's like a bound notebook of some type where you're like closing it yeah. onto itself. It could be like stacked papers or something and it's sure. going onto the back, but yeah, you definitely more wanna, an issue in You in definitely want to try journal. to minimize friction too if you are dealing yeah. with stacked, pep- stacked papers. Stacked papers? papers? You yeah. can, you can, you know, it can be rubbing up against each other. With a notebook, yeah. if you just yeah. lay it flat, you're, you're, you're going to get less rubbing off yeah. because... But if you're carrying it around with you, like I carry mine move. and yeah. it like, you know, mine's oh, in a yeah. the traveler's notebook. Especially so if it's, it's like, a soft cover. Yeah, it's a soft cover. Yeah. So it's like just just ro- rolling that thing up is is stuff's transferring. You're right. Yeah. Um, but uh, having a, a blotter sheet or something in between, I have to believe that that is going to help with that I when mean, it comes to shimmer. But it's still going to it's still going to come off. It's just not going to come off on the other side of the paper. Yeah, it'll come off on the blotter sheet though, yeah. and the blotter sheet would absorb it more and maybe not transfer it like back onto the same yeah. thing. I don't know. Also, I guess I guess hard covers might help too. Maybe. Like Maybe. at that point, you would be avoiding friction anyway. Yeah. So tips. So using so. hard covers that mm-hmm. won't bend and stuff, using a blotter sheet, using, um, you know, just being conscious of the ink resistance yeah. of the paper itself, the more ink absorbed, like using a Tomo way, like Goulet notebook or something like that, that's very ink resistant as opposed to like a Storm or something like that. Maybe. You know, I think you're going to have less transfer because it well based on your theory yeah that i don't i don't up, i don't even trust my own theory i don't know I also think, you can I consider like, uh jacques Bond inks to it and just have less yeah, shimmer or, or going inks with less intense shimmer yeah. yeah i feel like the jacques Bond too is not just amount of shimmer but it's like i don't know it feels like the size of the particulate of the shimmer is smaller someone you know, asked me once like, to like what which ones have smaller particulate and it's like i don't know i have guesses but i don't feel comfortable yeah i don't know it's yeah. we're 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 kind of just 
we're eyeballing it. Yeah, I have know? I have thoughts, but unless I get various very very serious filters, I'm not going to be able to experiment with that. But anyway, there's probably some way to measure that, but I don't. We are talking about like microscopes. Yeah, like to, to what end though? Like how would people uh, use that in their buying decisions? I, I don't know. I don't know. We often we often start going down this road. We're like, what if we had a tool to measure X, Y, Z, or whatever? And oh, we're many, like, many times to what end? Like how would that actually yeah. help? For a while, we were <laughs> for a while we weren't doing that with cap rotations, and then finally we we started we doing did that. It. Yeah. And that, that, that makes sense. That was one of those like, oh, we really should measure cap rotations. Yeah, but how? Like, what do we, it's so subjective. Well, it's because like cap, something like cap rotations are like, okay, say it's one or 10. Like, it depends on what difference does that make? Right. It wasn't until we knew like, does that matter? But with cap rotations, we were able to, at least I it, subjectively was like, if it's like one and three quarters, I feel like that's pretty reasonable to, to uncap in a single motion. Whereas if it's like two or more, you're gonna have to reposition your hands, and like yeah. that matters. It does matter, yeah. So cool. I don't know. I don't know that we can come up with a shimmering equivalent of that though in yeah. this instance. So anyway, cool. We can move on to number three. That was oh, oh speaking of detailed things that I know. Well, are informative but not helpful. Question, this, this question. Next question. This good. question was from Corgi Butt. <laughs> So I had to read it, Brian. I didn't Their have a choice. Their avatar is literally a corgi butt. I love it so much. Wow. wow. It is magical. Wow. All right. But it's also is a good good question. I knew that Brian would love to answer this one. So yes. corgi butt asks us, can you explain pilot pen names? What do the numbers mean and what do they represent? Like custom 74, 823. Yep. I feel like it's the customs. It's just the custom ones that have crazy numbers. I, I mean, mean, there are... E95S is a funky number. I don't know what that means. But. Well, there's no one blanket statement statement to make about all pilot pens. Mm-hmm. They've been around for a very long time. They've had all kinds of names, and there's no one continuous thread of logic that happens with every single name that they have. So the numbers, though, that's that's pretty pretty consistent with the custom series. Yeah. Because it's custom something or custom heritage something. Yes. Bunch of numbers. So that's what I'm going to focus on. But I mean, we could go into like E95S. Nah. Okay. Pilot's a global brand. And sometimes their names are literally like they named it something in Japan. But there's already something trademarked as that in the US or Europe. So they have to call it something else. So what is it? So we, yeah, been? we can just focus on the yeah. customs. Yeah. So there's 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 way less of a pattern to all those random one-offs. The custom series is what has the numbers that I feel like you're asking about more. So a um, little disclaimer here. There is a method to the madness, but the method doesn't really mean a lot in terms of you being able to make sense of one pen from another. Okay. So there is a there is a there is an explanation. But it's kind of like car models. Like if you look at like higher end cars, like a Mercedes or an Acura or an Infinity, and yeah, you're like, that's oh, it's a, a GQ95X. You're like, does the X, is the X better than the S? And you're like, well, in this brand, maybe, but not in the other one. But wait, there's an SE or an EX oh, or an yeah. XRS. I never know what any GTRX of that means. GTRX3S.2. Yeah. You're like, what does all this mean? Um, or I feel like it's that way if you ever look at like, so I went to, I went to, I was in the Corps of Cadets at Virginia Tech and a lot of, I never went to the military, but I had a lot of friends who were like going into the military, wanted to be pilots. It's the same thing with like plane names and plane numbers. There's all these like, like F-35. You're like, 
is there a 34 and a 33 and a 32? And is there a G35? You know, it's like, where do these numbers come from? Yeah, There's know. probably some logic in the engineering and like R&D process that it just, oh, that's the one that happened to get picked up. So it's the F35 or whatever. So I feel like there's there's a lot of that that's happening here. So it's like, it was not named in such a way that's like, oh, this will make sense in the totality of our collection to kind of the end consumer of this pen. It's more of like, hey, we internally at Pilot, we're creating a system to make sense of it. And then if you're looking at it from the outside, you're like, what is a 74 versus a 743 versus an 823 versus a 92? What does all this mean? So disclaimer, I'm going to tell you what it means, but it's not going to help you at all. It'll just be like, oh, that's interesting. Now I'm going to forget all that. Um, so you basically just have to learn each model and its number because the number itself doesn't really tell you anything helpful about that pen in relation to any of the other pens. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the numbers, all this will make sense sort of in a second. So the numbers are a combination of the anniversary of the company from the year that the pen was introduced. And then optionally, maybe the original price of the pen in tens of thousands of yen as it was released in Japan. So anniversary of when the pen launched in relation to the company's founding year plus price of the pen in yen at the time that it launched. I think an example might help. I'm going to clarify here. this because this doesn't make any <laughs> sense yet, right? Okay, so context, Pilot as a company was founded in 1918. Okay, there you go. 1918, just forget the 19, just remember 18. 18, 18 is the number to remember. Got it. So look at the custom 74. Okay, so if you take 74 and you add 18, what do you get? Drew, I'll put you on the spot. Don't make me do, do math. Know? I wrote it down. No. I'm, so it's 92. All right, are you sure? It's 92. I yep, I'm sure. I, I double checked. I think it's 75. It's 92. All right. Because that's the year that the custom 74 came out. So they came out with the pen. In, 1992. In 1992. Ah. They called it the custom 74 because it had been 74 years since the company's since founding. Since 1918. Yes. Okay. So in their logic, it's like, we're coming out with this pen. It's been 74 years since we've been around. So we're calling it the Custom 74. Okay. Like, all right, cool. There's there's a logic to that. Does that matter to us in 2023? We're like, it's interesting, how long ago was that? It's like, that but, is interesting, but it's like, does, is, does, does that tell you a lot? I guess it could tell you which <laughs> fountain pens are older models. Or older or younger. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the lower the number, the yeah. older the model. I mean, you're still buying it new. Right. But it's like when it first came out. Like, right. Okay, that's so something. Like something like the 74 yeah. is like... That's been around longer than the 823. Yeah. By so logic, you right? could say, hey, if something, if it's been mm -hmm. selling this long, maybe it's pretty good. Yeah. Right? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. It gives you some information. Sure. Is it the most useful information? Maybe not. But it's something. Okay. Um, so there's that. Right? There's that number. So if you have a... I think... I don't I've not like double checked every pen they've ever created, but I believe this is more or less the understanding. If it's got two numbers, those first two numbers are the, the anniversary since the company was founded, the, the year the pen was introduced, right? Okay. So let's look at the custom 823. You got three numbers involved now. Yeah. That's okay. The, so forget the three for now. We're just okay. going to focus on the 82. 82. So by the same logic, if you got the custom 74 that came out 74 years after 1918, if you combine them both, if you the take, 74 and the 8823, so forget the 74, you get 84. Different pen. <laughs> sure. You're really 
<laughs> You're making fetch happen on that I one. I wanted a custom 884. <laughs> Why can't we make that? You can't do it now, Drew. You'd have to oh, go back in time. That ship has sailed. So the custom 823 came out. If so, if it's the 80, 82 years after the founding in 1918, that's the year 2000, right? So that's when the custom 823 came out. It came out in the year 2000. Apparently. Huh. I was, I was, yet I was, I was not a twinkle in pilot's daddy's <laughs> eye uh, back in the year 2000 in the pen world. That's <laughs> it's a weird, weird analogy to go off of. But uh, anyway, so <laughs> it came out in the year 2000, which was 82 years after the company was founded. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. Cool. So what about the three? So the three, this is where it gets a little more confusing. It's I don't not know. the 82. I don't know why they don't have this for every pen because they, they have yeah. the Heritage 92. They have the Custom 74. Those are only two But then two they digits. have the 743. They have the 743. And the 742. They have the, the 823. They have the 745. They have all these other things. I don't know why they do it for some and not others. I didn't okay. get that much context. All but right. it's my understanding when there is a third number... It's the same thing still applies for the first two. Right. Like the first two numbers. That's the, the year. anniversary of the year that I've said 30 times already. Okay. So the third number has to do, this is even more complicated. Okay. Oh God. It has to do with the price of the pen uh-huh. in tens of thousands of yen at the time that it came out. So yeah. in the year 2000, apparently, in Japan, the custom 823 was 30,000 yen. Oh, okay. Or thereabouts. Well, that's still in the same... So it's something. It's still in the same, like, price group. It's it's, it's still in the 300s, so that's yeah. that's not, yeah, a, I think, not a crazy... I think I didn't account for inflation over the 23 years, but well, I mean, I, in today's yen, that's about $224. So in the U.S., the pen is more, which, of course, it's a foreign market. It's going to be higher because you have taxes and export fees and distribution costs and all that. But I, I think it's roughly in that ballpark in Japan still, if I'm not 100% sure. But it's not, that's impressive. Yeah. So it's like there's going to be inflation and prices can change and stuff like that. So again, it gives you some context, but it's like there's a lot of, there's kind of a lot of math involved here. And yeah, if, like you're, if you're a modern fountain pen user, not in Japan, and you're looking at these numbers, it, you can derive information from these numbers mm-hmm. with some brain power, but it doesn't necessarily like help you to like have a lot of context about what that pen actually is. Well, so if, you, it's if like, you have a 742, sure, and you have an 823, yeah, you can say the 742 just by based on the number. You can say yeah. the 742 is a pen that has been around longer and yeah, likely and more is, affordable and is less expensive. Yeah, most likely, okay. or it was when it launched. That's something. Yeah, it's something. So if the third number is lower, it's probably a less expensive pen for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And if it's a smaller initial number, then it's probably older mm-hmm. in its original founding. Or like whatever. the eight forty five is the most expensive one of the bunch uh-huh. of the customs, other than the Arushi. Right. But that doesn't have a number. But like you could say right. the five represents, you know, something in the five hundred dollar range. Five fifty thousand yen. Yeah. Right ever. Yeah. Oh, whatever that turns okay. out to be. So that would be a more expensive pen. So if it's a higher third number, it's probably a more expensive pen. But you can also derive that based on the cost. So I guess that's my custom eighty four right there. Seeing it? The eight forty five, yeah. Yeah, there's my there custom eighty four. Dang it. Well, that's a Yurushi. That's a Yurushi pen. Yeah. It's that's that's why it's more. Why does the Glade Pen Company offer layaway? I feel like I could use that. We do have like a, well, we don't have layaway, but we've got a, a build me later type right, of well, the great deal, a firm yeah. or whatever it is. All right. Not a firm. We used to have a firm. Now we have something through Shopify. 
But you know, you can set up. Oh, I know. We I don't want to. We don't want to be. In, we don't want you to be indebted to us. No, That's I'm not already. A good situation. I'm, I'm, I'm already getting chastised by some friends about my liberal use of payment plans. You would have so. a hard. You would have a hard time justifying a custom eight forty five. I don't have a hard time away. justifying anything, Brian. <laughs> you don't not know to me. yourself. Maybe no. to others though. <laughs> whether or not Shannon they want to, whether opinion. or not they want to accept my justification is their. Oh purview. well, okay. That's part of well, yeah. I guess so. I guess it depends on. <laughs> Whether you I'm whether you're looking to have your justification, <laughs> are you looking to have your justification justified, or do you just do you just put your justification out there that to the one. world? That, that one, whatever gets you your pen, yes. right? Okay, so long story short, there is a logic to this somehow, but it's there kind is, of there is no, I, but it's it's there, but it's like does that act does that really help you in your everyday I life? Smell what you're cooking. Not really. You kind of just need to look at the pen, and then you just. I mean, this is why we like include pictures and tech specs and details and pricing and all these things. So it's just like, yeah, okay. Now, I don't know if we've, I'm trying to remember if I've ever done, <laughs> after watching what a mess this is, people are probably gonna be like, Brian, you don't need to do a separate video on this. This is, you You can't explain this well, but I'm open to doing a video that explains this in more detail or at least something that like breaks down the pilot line more. Have I done that? I've, ta I've thought about it so many times. It's possible I, think, I did that at some I think point you might have done. One, I think you might've done one on like the nibs, like the nib numberings. Mm, that is feeling familiar. Yeah. Pilot but pen. Anyway. Um, okay. Anyway, either way, if y'all think that more information about the pilot, whatever, nib numbering or pen model numbering or anything is helpful, we can keep that in mind and maybe give it some more thought than what I've done And maybe Brian here. can give it some more thought and, and leave me Drew out of it. And can explain it better than I <laughs> no, can. please don't make me do that. I'm not finding anything that we've done on any okay. of this. Maybe Drew. it was just a nightmare. Maybe I started to dream. do it and I <laughs> went into like a brain lockdown. Probably. And I was like, I nope, got to do something different. All right. Anyway. All right. Whew, okay. That's what I got. Drew. All right. I got a question for you. Bring it on. This is from Prossum. Okay. What are some crazy custom grinds that you've seen? Custom grinds. Nib grinds, grinds I'm guessing. I'm assuming I've grinds. seen some crazy ones, Brian. Yeah. If you want to look at any of them, I've got some in the uh, folder, uh, some images that I'm going to share me. with the people. Show They're me. in the Pencast folder. Where under, are they? Uh, are they in, uh, question, question four? four? Yep. Look at that. So, um, yeah, I, I know I've, I have the opportunity mm -hmm. to know a lot of crazy pen friends that um, have some proclivities that involve experimental <laughs> nib grinding. So I will share some of them now uh, with the caveat that these are one-person shows often with no availability or very limited availability. Mm -hmm. So we just keep that in mind. Um, some of them are curious to know more about what people would want to buy. Some of them don't have time, mm -hmm. and some of them are in between. So just keep that into account. This is just for entertainment purposes. But um, the first one that comes to mind when you talk about crazy nibs is a gentleman that goes by the name of Pen Sloth on Instagram. Uh, Jim absolutely makes crazy nibs uh like completely to the point to the point where they don't even fit in the caps sometimes like jim has made nibs mm. so obnoxiously crazy that he's gone to cap them and be like oh, wait no this won't this won't fit anymore this uh yeah what is and what am i looking at he here? is absolutely the most experimental um nib uh craftsman on this list for sure like the no there's no limit to what um, Jim Jim will try to make wow. into a nib. We're like stacking things. He does this thing called the Warbird, where it's a stacked nib, and if a, a stacked nib is literally just a nib welded on top of another nib, usually people just stack up and up and up and higher and higher and higher. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes very high, which we'll get to in a bit. Jim does this thing where he'll do three stacked nibs 
and then weld another nib underneath of it to bring the other three nibs down from the bottom to connect to the top. Um, okay. It's just insane, um, but it's why kind not? of incredible as well. So yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. See, so there's a nib. I don't know why he puts those green things on the side just for fun. That um, looks like a like glow sight, like you would have on a. Gun. I think it is. I think that I think that's exactly what it is. It's like a it's a it's a glow sight. I, 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 I've talked to him about it. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it is. Wow. Yeah. So, but yeah, so he's got nibs <laughs> coming from the bottom and then nibs from the top, and they all they all meet. So it, it there's it, like three. This looks like three nibs on top and two on the bottom. I believe it is. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It's insane. So there's that so <laughs> Pensloth is a madman wow. and we love him for it that's beautiful um and then there's jose aka nib lab and um jose is also pretty experimental um a little less so than uh Pensloth, but also um pretty experimental the image brian's looking at right now is one mm. where the nib has had a ton of material removed so it shows you that you really just need that primary ink channel covered at the top of a nib in order to actually retain flow the rest of the feeds can be pretty exposed and it'll still write just fine wow. I bet so the ink will dry out a little faster with that potentially that right I, I i don't know but um I yeah nib lab does a lot of uh, really fun wow. stuff as well um he experiments with hammered finishes as well as a bunch of stacked nibs um there's one nib where you'll find um i believe he has stacked uh five on top of each other so (laughs) right that's crazy so yeah um that i think is the original nib with four additional nibs stacked on top of it wow it's wild so um and these are only a few that i know there are many more in the community from those Um, that i've talked to that have done this type of stuff they're like oh yeah my failure rate is like 49 out of 50 they're like just like they're like every nib you stack just multiplies the chance of it going wrong yeah so like you can't really get nibs like this it's really crazy because it's so much work and such a high failure rate yeah. but it is pretty wild looking and then um cy from tokyo station pens who has guested on the pen cast before um obviously a, operates out CY? of tokyo and yeah. um he is a big fan of stacked nibs as well what brian's mm-hmm. looking at right now is a stacked vanishing point nib, Hello. which i've never seen before but he wow. um he like many people on this list hmm. just always ask themselves i wonder if i could do this and That's there's impressive because there's not a lot of like room to work no, with inside that hood. V- very impressive. Yeah. And it, 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 the, it operates um, just fine outside of the hood too. Well, got so, a lot of extra um, tipping there. To so a little with. less experimental than Nib Lab or Pensloth, but definitely he is drawn to see what can be done. And um, he also stacked a Stargazer uh, that I had the opportunity to write with this weekend at the Chicago Pen Show. Yeah. Because our friend Alan had Did one. Did that end up in your denim jacket I, I, I wanted it to but alan would have noticed um but uh yeah he, he's really talented um does a really good job polishing as well you'll also find that he has what? a five uh, no sorry a four tine nib that he welded together it's like a it's like a orchestral nib. music and a half a music i yeah, guess it's like a whole quartet yeah <laughs> that's a great one i don't know if he doesn't call it that he should hmm. So, uh, yeah, also very talented um, craftsman there. crazy looking. So all of these people are skilled in not only nib tuning and adjustments, but also welding. And, um, mm. you know, depending on how well they want to mask their welds, uh, you know, potentially, and like in CY's case here, very, very um, good at hiding welds too. Hmm. Um, and the next one I wanted to mention, my friend Annabelle um, operates Opus Cineris, and she has created probably the most fascinating nib on this list because she is able to produce these nibs 100% by hand. So unlike the other ones, she's not taking a pre-existing nib, 
and adding more. Oh, wow. She is a jeweler by you know trade and is able to actually wow. you know start with just liquid gold, put it into her shape, and the it cutouts her, cuts out her own shape of nib so that wow. the nib sides can be folded over onto itself. Mm. So it's a stacked nib, but not in the way you add one nib to another nib. The nib is actually stacked onto itself. Um, she's absolutely incredible. One of the most delightful people you'll ever meet in your wow. life. But um, she's also her. incredibly talented as well. So these pictures are some of the most beautiful nib shots I've ever seen in my life. So I encourage you to just check those out too. Wow, just the designs she's got on these. Yeah, too. I mean like, those are those are those are $1,000 nibs. So like they're not like woo! all of these nibs are going to be hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah, like, these are like bespoke. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. None of these nibs are in the realm it's of- It's art. It's art. It is 100%. Yeah, you art. Absolutely. Wow. So, and the amount of time and effort it takes to make any of these- you know, is way up oh, there. Just so the all time the, and practice to even have the skill to absolutely. be able to try something like this is amazing. Yeah, no, they're wow. they're incredible to look at though. So hmm. regardless of whether or not they're in your price range, these nibs are truly works of art, but done by craftsmen who have spent hours and hours and hours, wow. days and days and days, weeks and weeks and weeks to get to this level. So cool. Um, and then finally, I want to wrap it out with um, Jeremiah over at Monty Winfield Pens because oh, he's done some crazy stuff. Um, his nibs, I think, uh, deserve to be recognized for their amount of fine tuning and polishing. Mm. Like how they're finished is just next level. Um, he's got um, uh, nibs known as the Basilisk. Wow. Um, that's uh, I believe that's the one you're looking at right there, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a beast. It is. It's got wow. he's got an owl nib um, and then a seagull nib. He's got a bunch of different ones. Like you can see wow. um, a lot of them. That's the owl. And uh, yeah, so it swoops up and sort of a, you know, to provide like a- It's like an architect, yeah, kind of a blade. A little bit, yeah, a little bit of a bladed a bit, nib, but, but, you know, through using it. But it's very like ornamental as well. Like, exactly. There's way more going on than yeah, just- Yeah, he, he has a really recognizable like kind of profile to his mm. nibs because he, he allows the stacked parts to flare out a little bit. And um, that's the peregrine nib. So it's like, a, you know, falcon reference there. So all of these craftsmen wow. are immensely talented. So and cool. uh, yeah, I always love looking at their stuff. One of these days, I'll own uh, something by one of them. I actually do have one of Pensloth's nibs. Yeah? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool one. Um, wow. So yeah, there we go. Um, craziest nibs for sure. Um, these are some pretty wild nibs. Yeah, very, very wild, you know, for a mm. lot of different reasons. Um, Annabelle's, you know, not really crazy, but just the fact that she starts these things from scratch is oh, like- that's- Pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah actually, absolutely next level. Wild. But um, yeah, a wide variety of eye candy at the very least for you. Yeah, very cool. Thanks for sharing those. Yeah. Getting all these good pictures too. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add links to their um, respective places of social media or websites if you can, in case you want awesome. to look at more. Yeah, I will say like we've had people ask us about specialty nibs like this. Drew kind of already said it, but I'll say it again. We're never going to carry anything like this because they can't make them anywhere near the quantity no. that would be needed. But you know, they're in the community. They go to some pen shows and stuff. So definitely seek them out if you're interested. Support them. They're all part of the community. Um, so we'll never have them, but we can give them some love. Absolutely. They deserve it. All right. Well, normally we would have five Q&A questions, Drew. But I see here we got a bunch of lightning round lickety split we do. questions. So here's what happened, Brian. All right. The last time I asked for questions on Instagram, I mm-hmm. said, ask us anything. Yep. And you some, were, you were thinking like anything probably pen related. Well, I just, wanted, I just wanted some questions. I'm like, give us some good stuff. So okay. I, I, I wanted to be honest. And if I really said, ask us anything, I don't want anyone to think, well, they told me to ask them anything. They didn't read any of my stuff. So I said, you know, we should read any of those. We should read some of those anything questions. Side, just 
side note there, speaking of ask me anything, that's like a whole thing on Reddit. You yeah. know, they've asked me anything. Yeah. So Rachel just told me, I think it was yesterday, somebody went on to an AMA that we did 11 years ago on Reddit. I never knew you did one. We did one a very long time ago. It was 11 years ago. Um, we were nobody, but we did one anyway. But uh, yeah, they asked, I think the, one of the questions we were asked was like, how many pens do we have in our collection? Huh? Literally been asked that question all along, Drew. Um, people still want to know. And I think at the time, Rachel had a dozen and I had like a hundred or something like that. So somebody asked like, hey, uh, do y'all have any more? Now, like after 11 years, someone, like, just, asked that? someone just asked that oh like, yesterday. So Rachel was like, yeah, it's about tenfold now for both of us. <laughs> That's so funny. I bet they were not funny? expecting an answer. Still, though, somebody not only found and saw <laughs> it, but then asked the question. So anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. Mm. But please don't go back and ask things on 11 year old posts all the time because <laughs> there's no way we can keep up with all that those. but i thought that was pretty anyway yeah. that was a little tangent but all right so how's um, this gonna work drew well i've got a column for you and a column for me and okay. um we can just uh go you know you made it pretty you easy me, you, me, you, me. you said drew asked brian brian asked drew column that's, for each so we're gonna like popcorn what, back and that's forth that's what i'm here for all buddy right, let's do it man Take you care are, of you. without you drew i would just be talking into a camera <laughs> well you did that for a number of years i did <laughs> i did do that for a long time did what how many q a's like 700 i don't know something like that i forgot but it's a lot uh, you know what i i had i had um messaged uh, annabelle who made the makes the harmonic nib that we just looked at mm-hmm. i was like hey i asked all these people could i yeah, use yeah. your images and she's like yeah sure that'd be great you know i actually uh um uh, emailed Brian for uh, some question like years and years and years ago after I started and she also sent me her entry for an old Monday matchup oh my that gosh. she had done. Yeah. Oh, that's a throwback. How crazy is that? Wow. I love it. That's pretty awesome. Okay. okay. All right, let's do it, Drew. All right, first question. Do we have a little time limit on these or are we just trying to answer it in We're a reasonable, try- reasonable time? Yeah, reasonable okay. time. All okay. right. Extra Toothpaste asks, do you guys like fountain pens? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I do. I do. Good, me too. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> next question. Imperator Lucius, what is the weirdest material that you've seen on a pen? Last week, that would be a difficult answer. This week, it is an easy answer because at the Chicago Pen Show last weekend, I was introduced to a brand called Grifos Pens, and they make pens out of stingray skin and salmon leather. What? Yes. What is salmon leather? It's exactly what you think. It is salmon. Like salmon colored leather? No, it is like- a piece of a fish. Like real fish. Real fish. Fish. Scales skin? scales removed, scales skin removed. left over after the scales have been pulled off. You can like feel like yes, the texture of v- that? Quite soft. Quite lovely. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, it's leather. It's right? a little flaky, floppy feeling. Oh, that's weird. But, <laughs> but oh, that's really it weird. It feels like leather. It feels like very supple, fragile leather. Interesting. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Salmon. Okay. Made of salmon. You got me tops. Yep, there we go. Platinum. Platinum. I don't know if they still make this, but they had a sheep skin leather yeah pen i thought it feels like regular leather but yeah. it's just knowing it's made of sheep the stingray like, okay. pen felt like rocks almost stingrays have got a tough skin like tiny yeah. little tiny little pebbles uh the guy that was there huh. told me all about it he was saying like they're actually little calcium deposits not unlike pearls huh. that form and um they they sand them down so that they're all the same height yeah so it's more or less flattened pearls kind of as far as texture goes. Weird. Yeah, it was weird. Okay. Definitely weird. But there you, you go. You win that yep. contest. All right. Huh? Um, Tyler DeVito, what is your third favorite color? I had to, I, I did peek at this in advance. I had to think about it. Number right. one is blue, obviously. Number two is probably teal. I do love me some teal. 
Number three is tough. Bluish teal. I got kind of a tie. <laughs> Turquoise. Yeah, blue teal. Yeah. <laughs> no, probably matte black. I like I like matte black. Okay. In general, is matte black a cool. color? Is it technically a neutral? I can pick an alternate if you want to get technical. I guess it, I guess I guess it a is color. a I guess it is a color, but it really it's not a color that can be viewed like on a screen really. It has to have a texture. That wasn't the qualifier. It just said, what's your third favorite color? I wonder, is that a texture? I don't know. Hmm. If if not that, then I have two alternates. Oh, well, of course you do. Because Just like my top three pens video I just recently I should, did I where should, I picked I five. Should, I should have just I have let a tie you have for, it. I have a tie for third of my third favorite color. I should have just let you have it. Oh, my God. So All right. Matt, Matt Black would be my number, okay. number one, number three. <laughs> my number two, number three is probably... Like brown, but specifically wood, like a wood, wood brown. Nice, yeah. Woody brown. Like I, I love you. wood and a brown wood is like the best, like a rose wood. I love like reddish yeah. woods. So that one's pretty good, but not, that's not universal. It's pretty much just, I just like wood. Um, <laughs> and then the, the other the other alternate, my third number three uh-huh. would be like a deep purple. Okay. Yeah. I like deep purple. Solid. Which is kind of matches up with our Goulet Pins color scheme. Yeah. Not much of an accident on that one, but anyway, that's what I got. All right. All right, Drew, what's yours? Brown, brown, and brown? Probably different oh, three, three different uh, shades of brown. <laughs> green, blue, brown. Green, blue, brown. Yeah. Wait, what? Your favorite? Well, it depends. Like one, if two, I'm, and three. If I'm, if is I'm like green, your number one. No way. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Green is your favorite color. I think so. Yeah. I thought brown was like the only color you saw See, in the world. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it depends on whether or not I'm like dressing myself or like oh, like buy, buying accessories or no. It's just their favorite color. Like just. Not brown. You got to general. Not brown. Generalize. No, okay. brown. I don't like just like looking at brown. Like <laughs> if it if it's if it's this like brown. I don't like looking at brown. Brown, you know, brown but... and gold in an accessory. I love. Okay. Um, a brown coat. I love. I don't want brown mm. pants. I don't really mm. want. I don't want brown bed sheets. I don't want a brown. That's kind of weird. I don't even know if a I brown want brown car. I don't want brown furniture. I don't want a brown car. No. Um, brown wood paneling on your yes, den. Yes. Yes, <laughs> that please. You like. That I like. So, but but green, right. green so, but I do like brown. So brown's in the top 3. Sure, sure, sure. sure. But um do I you, say I say green think? because I would like green everywhere. I like wearing green. I like I would like green paint in my home. I would like green, yeah. you know. This is a yeah. tangent, but do you feel like you like brown more because your last name is brown? Someone actually have, has asked that in that has in, to be Instagram. The case. That has to be the case. I, I'll never know. Yeah, you will never know. Yeah, I can't say. I guess you could you could do surveys and see like, do people with the last name Brown tend to prefer brown things, yeah. or do people with the last name Green I will tend s- to prefer green things? I will say my brother uh, Chad tends to buy a lot of brown things. So, yeah, but I don't know. He's in the same boat as me. Interesting. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, <clears throat> all right. Um, for you, Drew, mm-hmm. why has it taken my dad thirty years to get milk? Oh. <laughs> From, well, from the real, t- real Tyler tube. I have an answer for you, well, Tyler. Is, is so it. he cared a lot about you and went mm. to find the best milk. Still looking for and it. it. And it and it it takes it takes a long time to find the best milk. He actually mm. went to the store and uh, much like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, he was reaching to the back of the milk mm. thing to get the one with the farthest date, and got pulled oh, into into the the, the milk like the Narnia dimension of the milk yes oh, uh, where he went milk, on a series of adventures in Milkland yes yeah. and um, yeah. uh, was heralded as a champion of Milkland after oh. defeating uh, the milkman <laughs> the milkman who's an evil <laughs> who character was evil yes in he was, Milkland yes okay he was the evil king 
of oh. Milkland. And okay. uh, since you're going to go on the, the Narnia theme, since I don't know the milk, Narnia, the Milk Queen, Milk Queen, yes, the Queen, yes, yeah, sure. Snow Queen, yes, yeah. and she was a cow. Um, and uh, <laughs> he slaughtered her. <laughs> Whoa. It's getting dark. And uh, yeah, wow. um, he he's restoring the kingdom to its proper balance as its new monarch. Mm. And I, he wishes he could have come and come home sooner. But really, the needs of the out the needs of the many outweigh the needs mm. of the few, and all that. So um, right. we'll just wish a speedy return once he brings um, you know the various wars mm. and. Maybe there's like a different uh, like timeline, like in in Milkland. Perhaps, like, perhaps. Yeah, he'll know? come back. He'll be the same age. Like it's age. like a wormhole. Yeah, it'll so be like, like Interstellar. It's only been an hour there, but it's right. been thirty years here. Yeah. So keep your eye on the bookshelf. If you mm. see, you know, certain bits of writing in dust on the floor, oh, uh, okay. that could be him calling to you from Milkland. You'll have milk spilled in like the yes the in the refrigerator. He'll yes. Spell messages. Did you for see you. Interstellar? I haven't, but I've heard it's okay. good. It is. I, it's on my list of movies I need to see. I'm going to. Ha- I'm going will. to hack your streaming devices so that instead of you're going to click play on Severance and it's going to play Interstellar <laughs> instead. I was going to say of all the things <laughs> that I would be intentionally clicking on. Yeah, that, that would be that yeah. would be one of them. Yeah. So there you go. Happy ending. Okay. With milk Dad. All right. Um, you got the next question. I think. Oh yeah, this is Drew um, asked Brian. X Harren Plamp Six. Okay. Um, X Harren Samp Path mm-hmm. Six. Yep. Are there more doors or wheels in the world? You know, I thought about this. This was I was I read this question right before I went to uh, take a health break, as we would call it here, mm-hmm. Goulet Pens, <laughs> sitting on the porcelain throne. Yes, yeah, right. So it was, it was a great thought-provoking question. There you for, go. That's where that you do activity. your thinking. Um, and I thought it has to be more wheels in the world than doors. I agree. Like hands down. I agree. Because I had heard a statistic, because I like Lego, my son loves Lego, um, that that Lego is actually the most prolific tire manufacturer in the world. More so like Michelin and Goodyear. Like yeah, I mean, think of, more think, tires. think of like- They're toy, smaller. Yeah, course, think of toys, like all yeah. the wheels that are put on toys. Even just like think of a car, right? You think like, oh, it's got four wheels or whatever. And look at all the doors. You consider the trunk and the hood. Or is that a door too? But then you're also like, well, there's wheels, like steering wheel. And then you think about like, what about all the bearings? Like all the round circular things that spin inside an engine? It's like a thousand to one ratio of yeah. wheels versus doors in a car. Yeah. So it's got to easily be wheels. Easily like wheels. Way more wheels than doors. So Absolutely. Easily. Yep. Easily. Okay. All right. Next for you. This is from Manas Ratan says, give me free Twisby eco pen. And then this mouth face. Okay. This like, is that like a hee hee? Yeah. I'm going to make this mouth joking. face. Or is that like, I will smother you if you don't give me a free Twisby? It could be viewed as a threatening oh, face. Oh, that's definitely what it is. It seems like a happy face, which maybe that's you. And it's got the, pe- the cheeks are kind of pink. Well, it's that, that's, so a, that's, that's, a, that's a disguised threat maybe is saying, what like, that I will is. smother you twice if you don't <laughs> that's definitely a- give me a free Twisby. Um, no. Smother away, bucko. Yeah. I feel like it's like, you know, you don't negotiate with terrorists, right? Like yeah, if you're that's gonna right. Threaten a, I see, yeah, I see, I see these. They look like they're happy and covering their mouth like hee hee, but I, I, I'm mm. reading, reading between the lines here. Yeah, those are definitely smoth, out, smothering smileys. It starts out fun, but it gets dark all real fun quick. and games yeah. until you smother. You use the smothering emojis. Yep. Yep. All right. It's ridiculous. Crimson Sonata. <laughs> okay. If you had to choose between September's weather year round or April's, which and why? Ooh, good question. So I'm going with like our local weather. Yeah, it's obviously different in yes. places around the world. Yes. I feel like April and September are pretty similar to each other in Virginia. 
you know, you're pretty much going to get not swings. This, not, not this year. April was pretty chilly. April was a bit chilly, but then now it's like 80 some degrees. Now we're in May, though. Right, you can get, see, okay, you our, can, our you last. You can get a huge swing of temperatures. In our April. last frost date mm-hmm. is in April, April yeah, 17th right. in our zone. Yeah. There's no chance of frost in September. Yeah, it's too early, yeah. right? Like, so I would, I would say so that I think. it's probably warmer in September. Yes. Yeah, but I don't mind the cold, though. I don't mind the cold. Yeah, do I? So what I like about the spring is that like life is like budding, right? So it's like it's been cold and kind of dark and Mm -hmm. muddy and just dead leaves and everything all winter. And then like things start to blossom and bloom. That's great in April. But with that comes pollen and all that stuff. And pollen in Richmond is usually rated among like the top three worst cities in the country for allergies. It's pretty bad here. So bad. It doesn't affect me quite as much, but I feel like, well, it gets everywhere, so it's kind of gross. And then just everybody's disgusting and like snotty and sneezing mm-hmm. and complaining all the time. So even though I'm not affected as bad by <clears throat> seasonal allergies, I'm affected by those who are affected by it more. So um, September? But April's got my birthday in it. That's kind of cool. But I don't really care about my birthday that much. No, this is just the weather year round. Weather. Yeah. I would probably have to, I would probably go with September. Because that's when bugs are dying off. Mm-hmm. And I like the falling leaves. Leaves changing leaves is very beautiful. So That doesn't happen in September, Brian. You can. Yeah, it starts in September. Well, I don't know. No, that's I sometimes, I don't, that sometimes doesn't even I happen I in October. Really know what, I don't really know what September is, apparently. I guess it's still mostly <laughs> summer in September, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's hot. Yeah. I like them both. Maybe September, even though I don't know what it is. So you said you thought about this, but I'm, I'm, I'm doubting I you now. clearly <laughs> didn't think about it enough. <laughs> They're, I guess they're both really similar in my mind. Probably the pollen. The pollen alone is probably reason enough to okay. not like April so much. Okay, cool. Because it's just everything is just colored in yellow. All right. dust. I would go with April for sure. Huh. Okay, then. Yeah, I hate cool. the heat. All right. And then Drew, Emily mm. Lai, very familiar name around here. Will you have more guests on the pencast in the future? Yes. Yes. Cool. Okay. It's not because we don't want to. No, no, it's no. It's because it's just more work yeah i've got a i've got a, i've like actually that. got a couple questions out right now that um waiting mm. on responses nice yeah cool all right well that's what we got for this week um you can email us at pencast you can shoot us some direct messages on any of the platforms that we're on um yeah we'd love to hear your questions or leave us comments on youtube mm-hmm. on this video and mm-hmm. we'll see it all right uh next up pen spotlight spotlight vp and decimo let's do it let's do it Okay. Let's get this thing out. This Let's is a question, Kronzer, from Gordon and Three. Can you show the difference between the vanishing point and decimo? Why, yes, we I think can. we can. I think we can. Are you going to demo? Are you going to want me to demo? I'm just putting this on. Uh, you can, you can. Here, I'll hold, I'll hold this. No, no, no. I, I need my phone. I got two pens here. There's the vanishing point. Vanishing point, decimo, still in the box. Don't be confused. This is what you'll get with either pen. But uh, here you go, little ta-da. I realized today, because of this question, I actually don't have a single decimo in my collection. But you do now. But I do now. I was like, this is unacceptable. I think Rachel's got a couple of decimos, Uh, but they're all like crazy. First off, off, they're at home, so I couldn't grab it. Marital decimos. Yeah, it's marital. Um, But hers are all like, special color things that you can't get in this country. So I'm like, well, I can't even really use those anyway. Nah. Um, anyway, so now I uh, I went with a purple. I don't know why. I just did. It felt like that was the that was what I wanted to do. So I got the matte black vanishing point. 
and the decimo. This looks blue on my camera. Well, your camera is a liar. I'm going to stop it. This is purple. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to go to pro video. Oh, professional. Usually I don't have to. We don't want some amateur video. What's the go. difference? That's better. Is it just better color? Yeah. Look at this. Do we need to start over? Okay. No, I just said I was going to stop it and get better. All right, so now it's oh, better, people. I right. had to do some adjustments on the well, old Here you go. Let us know if camera. Drew's Pro Video is worth the trouble of yeah. an extra button push. Pro Video is better. Okay. So, matte black vanishing point. This is classic. Oh, I've yeah. Had this, I've had this over a decade. Looks good for its age and its use. I've had this one for how long have I been recording? <laughs> an hour? I've had this for an hour. <laughs> Um, first I've touched it as I took it out of the box. So not a whole lot really to talk about with these other than they use the exact same nib unit inside, same converter, everything. So the guts of the pen are going to be identical. I don't know how I, I need to hold this to make sense to you, but there's that one vanishing point. There's decimo. Sorry, big hairy hands in the middle. Same. Same nib unit, right? Yeah. You can swap in between. You can buy spare nib units and use a decimal or vanishing Same point. guts. Writing experience, exactly the same. No difference whatsoever. Same nib offerings, everything. The only difference is going to be the girth of the pen, the diameter. You get a little bit skinnier pen on the decimal. Mm -hmm. I've got the exact tech specs on the site. I can't tell you, but it's a couple of millimeters. So there you go. But it's largely the same design. Uh, overall, you got the clip on the front, and you got this little center band and the yeah, the um, clicky mechanism. The little the, uh, sh the hood in the front is a little bit more narrow too on the decimo. I think is it? I think it kind of tapers a little bit more sharply. I mean, it's because it's not as a less blunt. It's not as girthy. It's not as not as big a oh, diameter. Yeah, I guess so, it's just yeah. You know, it's going down to about the same size on the end, but it's not as thick. So it, oh, okay. you know, it just doesn't have the same you know kind of drastic drop right. off yep. that you might have on the vanishing point. Um, but the bigger difference that you can't really see, but you can feel, is the weight. Yeah. So the vanishing point, from my understanding, has a brass barrel, mm -hmm. and the decimo has an aluminum barrel, which makes actually a surprising amount of difference in the weight of the pen. So the vanishing point here, you're looking at around 30 grams. Oh, we just looked it up, and 30. I forgot the number. 30 grams, and this is 20.6. Mm -hmm. So a third lighter, or... If you want to flip the statistics to make it seem more drastic, the vanishing point is about fifty percent heavier than the decimo. It's very noticeable too. It makes an it makes a big difference. So if you if you like bigger pens and you don't mind the weight, I find thirty grams to be perfectly acceptable in terms of the weight of a pen, especially because this pen's not very like long. So the 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 balance of it stays really nicely in your in your hand. So like most people find the vanishing point overall to be a pretty good size and weight overall. But I will say that like something closer to the 20 gram uh, range is probably going to be um, slightly more comfortable for more people, especially if you have smaller hands. I prefer the Decimo. Yeah? I do. I, yeah. I, I mean, I just wish it came in matte black. There's not as many. I know, right? Like I, my awesome. black, I've used my matte black vanishing point a lot. It's one of my favorite pens, but I wish it was a Decimo. I feel like the Decimo is kind of like how Sailor has the Pro Gear and the 1911. Mm -hmm. They're very similar. There's probably more differences on those than on these. But I feel like with those, you know, before we started carrying them, it was like, oh, the 1911 is the most popular. You know, the round top one is more popular in the U.S. Um, and the Pro Gear is more popular in Japan. I feel like that's flipped. And I feel like if Pilot came out with more colors and offered more options on the Decimo, 
I'm not saying it would be more popular in the vanishing point, but I think it would it would certainly rival it. I completely agree. I think a lot of people would be more into this. And it is me, more so. affordable than the vanishing point by a bit. Uh, is it? I don't even know. It's not the same price. That's a good question. Our website would say, but I can clarify. Yeah. But that's about all I have to say about it. Cool. I mean, it writes the same. It's a great pen. Yeah. It's a very um, nice pen. All the colors that we currently have, we have like six different colors of Decimo. Yeah, I do wish that they um, came out in some additional vanishing, colors. Vanishing point at this point is 160. Decimo is... No, sorry. Decimo is 160. Vanishing point is 168. So $8 cheaper. $8 All cheaper. All right, so not it's a not whole nothing. lot. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. But anyway, it's a great pen. Like I wholeheartedly could recommend it or the Vanishing Point easily to anyone. I believe at 160 that makes it the second most affordable gold nib. Which is number one, probably the E95S. E95 yep. Yeah, yeah, it does. So there you go. That's something. And then third. That's, a, that, the, that's uh, one claim point. to fame that the Decimo can hold over its, you know, Heftier counterpart. Yeah. All that weight that they save in transit across the ocean. Mm -hmm. You know, all those grams, it adds up. Grams add up. There you go. So anyway, let us know what you think. Are you a decimo? Are you a VP person? And um, yeah, either way, we'll agree with you. That's right. All right, what do we got next? Oh, what's happening? What's happening? All right. Now that we're done informing you, we can just goof off. Because <laughs> we haven't been doing that. No, we've been far. very serious so up serious. to this point, right? Yes. Drew, you went to Chicago. I did go to Chicago. For like a minute. Yeah, one day. <laughs> one day. So It's crazy. Um, it was the Chicago Pen Show this past weekend, Dang. and I had never been before. So I did just the one day to kind of explore and just to see because um, last year I went to the San Francisco Pen Show for the first time. I, had, mm -hmm. I, I knew that that one was going to be a big, fun oh, yeah. show, though, because yeah. everybody said... The Chicago Pen Show, I had heard that it was good. I'd heard that it was really vintage focused, though. Mm. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. So I did just one day, but it ended up, it ended up being a great day. Yeah, packed full of stuff. Um, very much enjoyed my time there. I uh, it was busy though, so I yeah. Yeah. I worked on Friday, mm -hmm. went home, ate some quick tacos that Shannon had already had prepared. Her mom her mom was visiting, so I had my my mother in law here for a couple of days. Ate tacos with them. Went to the airport. Flew to Atlanta. Flew to Chicago, had a heck of a time getting an Uber because you had to be a very at a very specific part of O'Hare Airport, oh, which is a huge which is a too. yeah that's a crazy airport. I yeah. wasn't a fan of that. Yeah. And then finally, I got an Uber, got to the hotel after one, I think, and one um, in the morning. Yeah, so I was wow. tired. I was tired, but wow. um, this is what he does for the pen community, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was pretty exhausted. Mm. Um, but then got up the next morning. I had um, breakfast. Uh, I had a really I had a waffle that was just covered in berries Ooh. and frosting-y mm. stuff. It was delicious. But I got to eat with Brad Dowdy from The Pen Addict and our friend Alan. Nice. Um, Alan also had the Montegrappa Chaos pen. Oh, um, that's your grail pen, Drew. Yes, I was one of them. Yeah, I did. You take a picture of it like this? No, I did. I should no, have. You should have done should. that. Well, oh. see, see, the reason Stallone did that though was that he was showing off the, yeah, watch. the watch too. Yeah, I don't have yeah, the watch. That's so all right. If that's I had right. the watch, obviously you I could would Photoshop the watch. I did. In there, I did know? take a picture of it though, so I'll, I'll share that too. We need to Photoshop your face on Stallone's body. Oh, I could do that in that picture. Give me fifteen minutes. Do that. Do that. So that was cool seeing Alan, <laughs> seeing the Chaos Pen. Oh, oh. It, it, it's surprisingly comfortable. Like you really? held, you've held one before, haven't you? I want to. 
I don't know if I've seen the chaos. I know I've seen the pirate. Okay, no, life. it's surprisingly comfortable. I will say it's more. It's way more comfortable in the hand. It's just a matter of expectations, that. though, because you expect no. it to be unholdable. Yes, I will say it is a matter of expectations. But I've, I have held more uncomfortable pens than that one okay. for sure. Like okay. the Batman pen. Ouch. Oh yeah, that okay. one was a chore okay. to hold. Okay. Um. So that was delightful. I got to have lunch um with my friend uh, Drew, also Drew and his wife. So nice. we went to a uh, we just went to get burgers and it was. Kentucky Derby Day, which we didn't know about. So we ended up going to... It's the horse racing thing. Oh, like the actual Kentucky Derby? Yeah. But that's in Kentucky. That's yeah. not in Chicago. But they like, were like betting stuff there at the restaurant. Like, what? It was weird. They were like, was oh... like a sports bar? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we might have actually gone to like a... Like, like a betting parlor? <laughs> I think we might have actually gone to like a horse betting place <laughs> because it was called the Saddle Room. Well, oh. And we're like, okay, okay cool. That... They, we just wanted a burger. Like, you know, so we wow. like, looked at the menu. We're like, okay, cool. And they're like, all right, what, what's your reservation? We don't have a reservation. Okay, go to the tent. We, the tent? There's a tent in the parking lot. So we what? went in there. We're like, okay. They gave us a paper menu. and That is sus, as the kids would it say. It was unexpected. The, the burgers were delicious, but okay. they were, it was kind of weird. Um but anyway, it was a delightful, delightful lunch with delightful I've never people. gone to a restaurant and then adult to go to a tent to it get was, my food. Yeah, I think it was just because it was Derby Day and we didn't, we know what, we're like, oh yeah, that thing. You probably had to have a reservation to be in the restaurant. They I They were like, so. let's take all these other schmoes. I think so. Make me in the parking lot. Well, that's lot. where all the betting was. Like there was a line out the tent for like horse betting. So I don't know, but it was a delightful time with wow. delightful people. Um, my friend Kimberly gave me my first roll of washi tape, Brian. I've never had washi tape before. Really? I've never owned a roll of washi tape. Um, I, I don't journal, so I don't like, I've never needed it, but I will be using this one because it's covered in corgis. You got corgi washi Even, tape. It's, it's like corgi to the side, corgi to the front, corgi butt, corgi to the side, corgi <gasps> to the front. Yeah, it's got the corgi butt. Nice. So that was delightful. I have a story about that. I only have like one or two rolls of washi tape, but... It's because I went to PlannerCon, oh, which is a yeah, planner conference, that. and I joked with Rachel ahead of time. I was like, "How long do you think it's going to take before like washi tape just finds its way to us?" And it was literally like in a like bag of favors as you walk through the door. So no time at all. So as soon as we entered, I had washi tape in my hands. Yep, they are serious about some washi tape. In I'm excited. Place. I'm going to do something <laughs> with it. You should. It, as long as my Corky wife doesn't. Button. As long as my wife doesn't take it. Um, and sure. then um, I was I was uh, chatting with a uh, delightful lady, lady named uh, Michaela when um, I noticed while we were talking and comparing arcade carpet rickshaw um, containers okay. uh, that she had a nib tattoo on her forearm. <gasps> Get out of here! And we I, just I, talked about that. Right, that's what I told her. Yeah. I was like, we were just talking about that. She's like, oh my god, I haven't listened to the pencast yet because I just got here. I haven't had time. Um, and then, uh, so that was super cool. But then after she had listened to the pen cast and realized, oh, yep, they sure did talk about it. She emailed us a picture of the tattoo oh, that I had seen. Awesome. So I'll put that up here too. So there are definitely people out there Respect. with. Respect. Respect, Michaela. You can, you can go and look and did find you, them. Did anybody else reach out to us about, um, we asked like we, if anybody I, some, had some, one. Somebody DM'd me on Instagram and showed me a picture of a really nice looking Twisby Eco, but I didn't contact them. So I'm, I don't okay. feel right sharing okay. that. Um, but somebody did it was somebody else. Yeah. And then, okay. and then someone reminded me that Kirk Spear the nib um specialist yeah, yeah. has his logo which is um like a nib wolf okay, uh it's okay. like a stylized wolf but his head is kind of like shaped like yeah, a nib so yeah. he has that tattoo i think that counts yeah that's legit yeah it's not yeah. a fountain pen but it's a, it's a oh wait, no oh, no it's michaela's was just a fountain pen nib too yeah so these were both yeah no nibs. that's fountain pen related yeah. yeah and then someone mentioned on youtube that they have a you know a quill i think but uh yeah they're definitely okay. out there for sure all right all right um 
And then uh, a bunch of people came in to say hi. I took like over 30 Pencast and Turkey Hammock stickers oh. and uh, gave them all away and still ran out. Um, wow, and, that's awesome. Uh, one person, I'm in the bathroom and he passes me and says, Turkey Hammock. Like totally just like casual, <laughs> like, and just, I was just like, just drop of course, that. Uh, yeah, he was, just, he was just, he thought he could just keep walking. I was like, I was like, oh, so I was like, I'm reaching my bag. He's trying, he's still trying to go to the bathroom, oh but no, gosh. I have to stop him and give him a turkey hammock sticker that I had on me. That's so amazing. I, was like, I didn't say any other words to him, but I was like, gave him a sticker. He's like, no, oh, there you go. You just That's gave good. it to people that said turkey hammock to you? I gave it to him anyway. No, he was the only person that just randomly threw a turkey hammock at me. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I did give them all out. I did have some turkey hammocks with me, had a bunch of pen cast stickers, wow. had some corgi stickers. What shirt but, did you wear to the show? Did you wear a very, uh, yeah, it was some, yeah, it was a Saved by the Belly. Somebody, oh, nice. somebody said that they thought I was somebody cosplaying as Drew <laughs> at first, and they were gonna be like, "Oh, good cosplay." Oh wait, no, that's him. <laughs> oh wow! So you are a caricature of yourself. But I, I guess so. Wow. But um, so many people came to me. Was like, "Hey, sorry, I thought about not saying anything to you. I didn't want to bother you." And I had to tell some people, "I am doing nothing here. That's why you're there. I have no purpose." Yeah. Like, please talk to me. Like. So I need to wear a sign next time. I was like, talk to me. Yeah. Say hello. Because I mean, but I get it. I'm that guy too. Like I never yeah. want to impose or intrude. So yeah. I get it. But um, I really hope that the more of these things I go to, the more people are totally cool with chatting me up because I am there for it. And yeah. 100% talk to me long enough. You will quickly find out that I am more awkward than you are. Mm, so um, very true. it's disarming in a way when you speak to somebody and like, wow, this guy's just a... This guy's just a mess. That's a bag of awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. um you, you can you they can, can also hear your voice from across the entire can, pen show. You can count on that. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely count on that. Especially if you listen to the pencast for like hours a week. I feel like if they hear either of us in real life, they would yeah. just whip their head around and hear Probably. It and like recognize it immediately. Probably. I know that some of the podcasts I listen to a lot, I could almost certainly pick out right either of them if i heard them in a in like yeah, a, on an, an airport sure. or something I'm like sure. that yeah but um overall it was an absolutely terrific show i, I met so many nice people so many friends of the pen cast mm. and you That's know awesome. uh i wish i could remember everybody's names because i'm just terrible at that but mm. uh just to everybody that i did chat with like thank you so much for saying hi and thank you so much for your support and anybody that um was there that didn't say hello next time Say hi to him. Next time you say hi to me. Say hi to him. Because that is the whole reason I was there. But yeah. it, it was delightful. I would love to go again. Really yeah. good, really great energy. Um, good after show scene too. Yeah. Like a big open area. You just like sit in the lobby, sit nice. in, at the beginning of the restaurant, sit at the bar. Very, here's lots little, of seating options. Here's a little pro tip if you've never been to a pen show. After the pen show, that's when you really get to spend time with like a lot of people that work the tables and a lot of pen in influencers you get to see all their everybody the everybody shares what they got that day yeah, yeah everybody's chill you know if you wanted to like actually get to get a good face time with um you know folks who are normally at the show that's mm-hmm. the better time to do it than yep. it is like while they're on the floor so to speak during the yep. show so yeah, awesome so, no, it was a great trip really oh, really enjoyable good i'm glad i'm glad yep cool all right and that was pretty much it and then i got home um my wife was like hey we were gonna go over to josh and jeffrey's for dinner if you don't want to go, you don't have to. I'm like, I mean, nothing. I'm not going to be able to spend like the last three hours of my evening and feel like I had a relaxing weekend. So like, yeah, let's go. Whatever, That's fine. Keep it yeah. going. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And I also, we hadn't seen Josh and Jeffrey for a couple of weeks. Um, so I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So we went over there and we had some, uh, like, uh, I guess it was like a Greek sort of situation. We had some like lamb meatballs and some hmm. uh, harissa sort of spicy rice bowl things okay yeah our friend josh is a 
big into cooking. He always right. makes really fantastic stuff. So cool. Yeah. A delightful weekend. All nice. in all. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I did not go to the Chicago show. You didn't. I thought, no. I, was, I, thought I saw you there. No, I wasn't no, there. Okay. I wasn't there. Weird. You must just hear me in your nightmares, ear, in your ear holes. Yep. Um, mine. I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't do anything wildly interesting necessary. I did a few things. Um, I did a lot of chores, like went to the dump groceries, like all that boring boring kind of stuff. Yeah. Super exciting. Right. Um, no, I did have a couple of milestones with my kids though. Ooh. So Joseph is very interested in a steam deck, specifically a couple of games that are on a steam deck. I want one though. I want one of those too. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard you can do like, you can, you can run lots of emulators on them, like PlayStation, GameCube, Mm. like PS2. Okay. Yeah. I don't know about all that. Mm. He wants it just for like the steam games. Like he's trail makers oh, there are limitless possibilities so with the many, steam deck man yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on you know, sam has like, one i know that yeah. yeah i think jeremy's got one too um i think several people on our team have those but anyway um so he's interested in that but i'm like we already have several systems oh I'm come on like, that, they're all different yeah but it's like you know how many portable gaming thing? units i brought to chicago how many four oh my gosh <laughs> That's crazy. You never know. You were there for a day. You never know, Brian. What do you mean you never know? You can know. Flight delays. Yeah. How many? That can happen. How many games? Never. <laughs> how many games does one need? Thousands. Um, yeah. You just keep severance loaded on your phone. Oh, my God. All the time. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I blew CD6 and chess. That's pretty much what I blew. Oh, my, my God. Um, anyway, so he's pretty motivated. So, um, you know. He's doing dishes and doing things like that, earning like a little bit at a time. Yeah. But it's like, dude, it's going to take you a while. It's like, yeah. you know what would really make you some money is help with some like big projects like mowing the lawn. I was about to say, you, they, like they, they've both done that a little bit. I had them get on the lawnmower. Yeah. So like in the beginning of this mowing season, as things were getting warmer, I was talking to him and I was like, hey, if you want to earn money, like it's not an insignificant amount of time and energy to mow the lawn. And I'm doing that myself. You know, so I was like, if you really want to learn how to do that, like, let's talk because we have a pretty big yard and it's a pretty serious lawnmower that I have to mow said yard. I was like, it's not just like goofing around. Like, this is a pretty serious piece of equipment. You'd have to like really take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And in the back of my mind, I was like, oh man, I don't know. It's like technically, I think it says based on the manufacturer's suggestion for like cover your butt liability type stuff, they say like no one under 16 should use this equipment or whatever. And I was like, I get that. But at the same time, like he's just as tall as a 16 year old. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I would never want either of my kids to like operate machinery if I did not feel like it was totally safe to yeah. do so. So I've had, you know, him test it out and just drive around without using any blades or anything like that, getting used to it. And he proved himself competent and is motivated. And so I was like, all right, let's, uh, let's try it out. So you, can you get one of those things like a jet ski has that if you fall off, it turn it turns off. Yeah. It's got safety features like that. So yeah. wait, one, doesn't the seat do that? It's like spring. Yeah, it's got yeah, a, it's got yeah. a safety switch on there. So yeah. if you have the blades engaged and you stand up off the seat, it shuts off. There you go. Or, you know, mine has like, a roll like a rollover protection and it's got oh, a seat belt dang. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because we got one part of our yard that's kind of curved, so it's like it would be pretty hard to flip a mower. But I mean, you could you, never know. you could make a very strong case that that's safer than a push mower. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, but I mean, like it's still a pretty serious piece of equipment. It is. And but if, like, if you, everything's normal, he'd be fine. But if he runs runs into a situation where 
the mower does something crazy or he runs over something and doesn't know how to like gain control back, mm -hmm. you know, I would want to make sure that everybody's safe. So I was out there like observing him the whole time, literally like walking. So you did that this weekend? I did that with him. Oh, yeah. okay. And it was hard because I was like, I kind of like mowing the yard. Yeah. It's like a little bit of sanctuary, but I was like, <laughs> you know, it's like one of these life skills. It's like, well, okay, you could. he's getting old enough. What now. about, it's what like, about like saying thing? like, hey, mow half the lawn. And so, well, my, my deal with him was like, we'll start him to mow the yard. I'll do all the trimming. Yeah. So I was like, don't try to get close to any objects. Yeah. Like stay far away from the house. Like I can go back with a push mower and get closer to the house and all that. So mm -hmm. I was like, you just focus on, you know, getting in there. The only problem with this one, he was great. He was very responsible and he's not an outside kid. Either, no, but he was no. out there with me for like almost two hours Dang. mowing this thing. The only problem was the grass was not like super duper long. Cause it, like we had a pretty warm week in the past week and we had gotten a lot of rain the week before but not as much this week so the grass hadn't grown maybe quite as much but i tend to mow it on the weekends anyway so it got kind of hard for him to tell like what he had already mowed and what he hadn't i have a lot more experience so i was able to tell easier and when i went back and looked at it it was like you know, oh, there were gosh. just uncut lines and stuff kind of all over the place but i was like you know what he's really trying this isn't his fault yeah you know i was like so he gave his best effort and I went and just kind of cleaned it up a little bit. It'll get better. And yeah. So he's, he's motivated now to earn some money doing that. And nice. we're thinking about installing, like we had, we had taken down like this small deck that we had in the back and like, I don't have anywhere to grill now. I have the grill like in our driveway and like, so I wait, the, the, the deck on the side of the house is yeah, gone. It's not there. Yeah. It's just like a little landing. Yeah. Cause we added a sunroom onto the back of our house. Yeah. We had to tear out the deck, but I never added anything else. So I have like steps and a landing, but there's no there's no actual deck. Oh wow, I've, it's weird. I've anything. been so, there when the sunroom was there, but I don't. I guess yeah, I didn't notice the absence notice of the deck. It. Yeah, it's fine. Oh but, yeah, so like we're thinking about maybe like doing a paper patio or something like that. And I've got a lot of the equipment and experience doing that, so he's maybe excited about doing some of that. And I'm like, all right, bud, like this this is like real like you're gonna sweat and need a shower afterwards mm -hmm. kind of work. So if you're willing to hang in there that's, and do some of that, like I'll pay you to be my helper. That's the real steam you know? deck. Yeah, that's right. Get it? <laughs> Sweat deck, yeah. Um, so that was cool. So he's motivated. We'll see how that keeps up. But he's got his eyes on the prize, so we'll nice. see. Very cool. He's 13, so he's at that age where it's like part apathy, wants to do, you know, watch iPad and yeah. things like that all the time. And then part, he's like, I'm like, dude, you're like kind of needing to learn how to do things yeah. like in real life. Yeah. Like the time is slipping through our fingers like sand. I'm like... It's like five years and then you're like on your own, like in the world. You can sign contracts, you could join the military, you could do what, it, like you're an adult in, yeah. five, in less than five years. I'm yeah. like, I gotta teach you some stuff. <laughs> Let's do yeah. it. Every year that goes by though, like yeah. kid, like, you know, young adults stay longer and longer at home though. I get it. Cause I'm like, what, what in the world are they gonna be able to afford? I know, nothing. Like five years from now, it's like nothing. crazy. So I'm, I'm talking to him about that. He wants a Steam Deck, but I'm like, Let's talk about some other expenses that are going to incur in your life pretty soon before you know it. Oh, anyway, man. Also not trying to crush his spirit. Yeah, his childhood, my spirit's you know? crushed and you just reminding me of those things. Sorry, Drew. Yeah. I feel like I got to have the same talk with you. Like, mm -hmm. Drew, you know, when you get older. <laughs> yeah, stop. There's responsibilities. Stop, stop, putting, stop buying video games. Stop putting the custom 845 uh, on payment plans. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then another, probably a bigger, well, I mean, that was a milestone of sorts. But another milestone was Ellie. Uh, ran her first 5K. Yes, and you. And I ran my first 5K. Yes. I've done cycling events before, but never anything running. Well, I did track in high school, but that's different. That was like high school, competitive, whatever. That's still something. 
But this is the first like yeah, you were saying that like local running. You event. were saying that uh, you're not built for that. I am not. So how did that. it go? It was fine. Yeah, I mean it was. So the whole thing was it's with this organization called I don't know if it's an organization or just like a initiative oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone Gir yeah, girls on the run. Yeah, someone mentioned that in the comments. They're like, "Good job yeah. doing girls on the run." I did that with somebody. Or yeah, yeah. I'd never heard of it before you know this year before my daughter got into it. So it's something that came out through her school, but. At first, I thought it was just like a thing that her school was doing. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. It's like a girl empowerment kind of camaraderie, learning, you know, how to support each other and all that kind of stuff, but also running and exercise and stuff like that. So like kind of the capstone, oh, she's been doing this thing for months, but the capstone of it was doing a, an actual 5K run, um, you know, but I did not realize it was like 30 different schools. In yeah, our area. You there were thousands of people at this thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many actual runners there were, but it was hundreds if not more, like it was, it was. So where was, where, where was the event? It was at Bryan Park, Joseph Bryan Park okay. down in Richmond, which so, is a beautiful place to yeah, run. It was, gotcha. it was really nice. So yeah, they had it all mapped out. They had like, you know, you go girl and like empowering, like, and you know, positive expressions and stuff like written on the pavement the whole way. And just like everything was like super encouraging. I feel bad uplifting. I wasn't there to like hand you a Contigo mug full of coffee and hot oh, chocolate. That been, <laughs> that's right. You have some fettuccine Alfredo <laughs> before doing the run. Um, but it was, that was super cool. So like she just did poured all over your face. Like, ah. That's right. Oh gosh. Oh man. <laughs> but chocolate. it was, yeah, it was it was great though. So she, um, let's see here. So like one of the things that was really fun is like we got there and they gave us like you know like the numbers like yeah, you the get when you run. Literally everybody was number one, and I was like, Aww. I was like, that's that's, that's cool. cool, you know. And so like everybody like felt really special. It wasn't like a competitive thing necessarily, yeah. but but it was really fun. Yeah. So Ellie did a great job. She's she's got my build, so she's I mean she's fast, but she's like sprinter fast. Like right. she's. You know, she's got a lot of strength and all but that. But she's kind of also stuff, tackle like, fast. Yeah, she like, <laughs> yeah, she can, yeah, she can, she can take you down. <laughs> no, thank but you. But like both her and I, like running long distances, it's like okay, this is like a lot of work. So, you know, we weren't like going for time. She did great. She gave a good effort, and we were just talking and having a great time. That's so awesome. It was very that's bonding. What matters. Like, that's what she's gonna remember. Well, that's like daddy daughter type stuff. Like yeah. I do, I do sometimes have to find, especially because like she. I love woodworking and like fixing crap. And she's like paranoid of splinters. So she like never wants to work on a wood project with me. Splinters like, are scary. Yeah. She's yeah, she doesn't like those. So I do, I do go out of my way to find things, you know, especially to do with her. And so do you get a lot cool. of splinters? All the time. Yeah. What All is your, time. what is your go-to like splinter removal thing? Like I got a dip. I have a, a whole like set of tweezers yeah. in my woodworking area for different types of splinters. Yeah. I get wood splinters, I get metal splinters. Metal splinters are the worst. Because I'm like metal see, grinding and stuff. Well hard to see, but they're like sharper and they they hurt like crazy. Um and you gotta get them out because they'll like rust and crap. Like they're more dangerous than wood splinters. Ooh. They uh yeah. So yeah, they they're painful. But so you've got a you got a tweezer you've got a like splinter I got control a set. Thing. Yeah, but yeah. I will say like the more you work with your hands, like you're skin kind of thickens up and you, yeah. you're inclined to get them a little bit less but anyway um so yeah i get those all the time but no it was great so that's like yeah super... she's not gonna remember where she came in place she's gonna remember that you were there no, with her and she and was you guys solid had a good like time. we were in the solid middle of the pack oh yeah you know that's, so she did a great, great job and we had a good time together it was funny though because like i don't know her t like one of her teachers had made like capes 
for all the girls nice. to wear from like from her school and um they you know her her one of her somebody else at the school made like this little like fanny pack this like small little fanny pack thing with like a little mini bottle of Gatorade and nice. a couple of things for the run so she like wanted to have all this stuff on at the run and I was like I'm going to end up wearing Carrying all, all these things <laughs> we made it maybe like 100 yards and she was like dealing with all this stuff. And oh, I was like, you want me to take God. the cape? So like I wore her cape. I wore her fanny pack. You wore the cape? Yeah, I wore the cape. I'm so glad. I wore the cape the whole run. Please you tell know? me you got a picture with the cape on. I don't know if I did. Okay. I don't know if I did. Oh, but man. yeah. But that's it was amazing. just one of those things that's like, you know what? That is just, awesome. I don't know what, you know, she won't remember like what place we did or anything. But exactly. she'll remember like us doing that together. Yep. We took pictures and it was a lot of fun. But so that was really cool to do with yeah. her. Um, and then... Um, you know, but I did a bunch of random stuff, but then I, I don't know if I told you I had to replace my shed door. I don't remember that. Yeah, I have a shed that's like 15 years old, probably. It was the was shed. Was that the one from the from the Gulli Pens? Where we stored the boxes? Yep. There we go. The original Boxburg. Yeah. So I still have that shed, but it's just over 15 years. Like the wood on the bottom of the door is starting to kind of like yeah. rot out and stuff like that. And it was like thinking about how I could like repair it or whatever, but it's like literally like the paneling starting to rot. And I was like, I don't know how to like. Did you buy or build gracefully. one? I built one. Yeah. yeah. I found, I was able to find like a paneling that was like the exact same, like kind of pattern, like a beadboard type pattern or mm -hmm. whatever. So I found a similar type of panel and I was able to cut all the wood. To look so did you, it. did you use the paneling and then frame it? Yeah. It has like a kind of a barn door yeah. type of a Okay. Like with like, a, with like a, like a, a beam going diagonal. Yeah. yeah it's got okay. like a border and then like an X yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing yeah. in the middle of it. Cool, yeah. Cool, cool, so yeah. I was able to kind of match what was there. Nice. You did know, you paint so it? I painted it. You got the white, only problem. You get a white beams with different color background. No, this was just all. I don't remember what it was originally. Okay. It might have been that, but because that's of, that's like straight up barn door stuff. I, it right is, there. but a couple of years ago, I was like, I'm not no white. I'm not repainting all this. I've just literally painted everything. Yeah, that's fine, and also white. Color. Like that's not going to look great. I'll so the right. only problem is wow, that looks really good. Thank you. So that's the door I replaced on the left there. That's the only problem is. Uh, it made me realize since it's been a three years since I painted the shed that it's oxidized in the sun. So it's the exact same paint. Oh, that's But the fine. door sticks out now because it's ah. like nice and fresh and dark. Wait, so the one on the right is original? The one on the right is original. No the way. One on the left Dude, is those the look one. identical. Yeah. Here it is next to that. That was the old one that I took off. You can see there. Wow. Like how it was rotting at the bottom and it was just like losing its integrity. That's impressive. So yeah, I was able to mimic the design exactly and... I went to put it in place and it didn't fit right. And I had to finagle it for as much time as it took me to build the door. But did I got to, it did in there. Did you need to sand it down? I or? had to shave some stuff. Yeah. And yeah, just all that. Even though I like tried to make it the exact same dimensions for whatever reason, it just was That's weird. That's really impressive though. So, that looks perfect. Thank you. That's thank fantastic. You. So, well done. It was one of those things that I was like, cool. By the time I'm done with this, it will look exactly the same as it did before. But it'll be better, But more fresh. I guess. But it'll be better. Yeah. So... Anyway, that kind of stuff. So I did that. That was fun. It also like rained in between while I was working on it. So I like had taken the door off and was working on it inside, but then it was raining. So I had to like lean crap against it and keep it. So anyway, wow. um, and the other thing I did, this was just last night, but I did some more RC car stuff with the kids. I'm finding it's still difficult to get them to want to go outside, but I found I'm finding different ways where it's like, all right, kids, I'm going to go run the RC car outside and I'll go out there and do it. And they're more compelled than if I'm just like, Hey, do you want to go outside? They're yeah. like, no, I don't want to, you know, and like, all right, I'm going out there. there this RC car is really cool and I'm going to go have fun. Nice. And then once I do, they're like, oh, that does sound kind of fun. And you need to start down. lighting some things on fire. Oh, that does sound fun. Light oh, some sort of flaming obstacle on fire. I get to get some sparklers up on top of the RC car. That sounds dangerous. I don't know. I, I feel like we could do something. You've got like lots of dirt 
and dirt is a great fireproof area. Yeah. So dirt. you've got dirt. I will say some sort of dirt ramp. I got a lot of extra dirt from my log grave. There you go. You got the dirt log grave, fi- flaming hoop that the oh. thing can fly through. Oh, you're thinking like Evil Knievel type yes. stuff. Yes. Okay. All right. Or just light something on fire and have it drive over it, like fly oh. over it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kids will love Could that. Do that. Could kids do that. love fire. They do. <laughs> I don't think my kids like fire. They, they, well, clearly, you're not exposing them to, them to enough flammable objects. I guess not. Probably better they're not into fire, but probably. Um, and then, like, okay, so I went out there, did the RC car thing for a while. Joseph was out there for a more reasonable time than I would have expected. Ten minutes. But then Ellie was like, "Yeah, she's like all the all the boys in my class like always want to throw a football and all this kind of stuff." She's like, "But they're all doing this stuff all the time, and they never want to play because they like, but they just like don't give her the chance or whatever." I'm like, "Well, that's bull crap." I was like, "So do you want to like throw?" I guess they like have a game in her gym class or something where like the coach throws the ball and they all have to try to catch it or something like that. And she's like, "All the boys are better than me because they practice more." I was like, "Let's practice." I was like, "Do you want to get better?" She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Let's throw the football." We've threw it for like forty-five. Minutes oh yeah, if you unleash competitive Ellie, like oof. Yeah, she's got. That's one of those. She's got the fire in the belly. Immovable force sort of situations. Yeah. So I was like, "All right, let's do it." So yeah, unstoppable force, immovable so. object. That's it. So that's cool. So I'm like, all right, then me and Ellie wow. got this like more special kind of bond. Like, how about that? Rachel and Joseph are like two peas in a pod. They're yeah. fine, just like chilling mm-hmm. inside, no bugs, nothing, none of that. I'm finding that me and Ellie like going outside and messing around and marathon running and football tossing. Yep. How about that? Who would have thought that that was going to be your yep. weekend? Well, you knew about the marathon, obviously, but yeah. throwing a football, throwing with a football daughter. around, would not have predicted that that would have been happening last night. Surprised you even had a football. We got like a little mini football. Okay. I went and bought like my kids are not in sports and I'm not very good either. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, they barely even know like how to do these things. I'm like, do not have a lot of wisdom to impart on that stuff. But it's like, I want to give them the opportunity. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just feel bought the same some like way. baseball glove and a baseball, you know, some basic yeah, stuff. Yeah. I should do that. Just to like have it, you know, yeah. and even if there's your friends come over and they yeah. want to like kick a ball around or whatever. I was yeah. like, it reached a point where I was like, yeah, we should probably have some just basics. Yeah, that's a good there. idea. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. So anyway, it's all cheap enough. So yeah, we did that. Yeah, Archer fun. has a soccer ball, but he never touches it. Yeah. I find that if you just like get it out there and just start like doing it and just like, hey, kid, we're doing this now. Let's go. Ugh. Then they're more like, they're like, I really don't want to do that. Like, though. I know you know, it's hard when you don't want to do it. Either. I have much more fun just watching him do um, archery. He likes to do oh, that, yeah. but I need to buy a better target. Cause I've just been using like, you know, card, why, you card know why he likes archery, Drew. Cause his name's Archer. His name's Archer. Yeah. <laughs> Archer Brown. He's going to have a brown bow and arrow. It's in his destiny. Archer Brown. I like that. <laughs> that sounds cool. There you go. Cool. Anyway, so that's what I did. It's mostly just kid stuff, but it's, just interesting the milestones I'm hitting with my kids that I didn't unpredictable ones, really yeah. Expect, well, they're they're becoming their own people. It's delightful. It's really weird, man. Yeah. In my mind, they're still like toddlers, but I then know. they're like Rachel's or Ellie's almost almost taller than Rachel now. Oh my god, she's eleven. Wait until the wait, wait until one of them hits <laughs> the wait until one of them hits the age that you and Rachel were when you met. That's gonna be real freaky. Oh yeah, they're close. They're close. Joseph is four years away from hitting the age that Rachel and I were when we met him. How funky is that? I'm thinking about that. I'm like, in four years, is he going to be ready to meet his future significant other? Maybe. Wow. But statistically, no. No. We are very clear with our kids. Like, This is not It common. is not normal to yeah. meet somebody that young. Yeah. Like, it probably won't work out. We are a statistical anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's fun. That does sound fun. Yeah. All right, that's all we got from the personal front. Got to come the update and then we'll wrap it up. 
All right, company update is pretty light this time, but uh, just a couple of videos to mention. So we have a um, video on the Sailor Pro Gear and Pro Gear Slim Northern Lights Blue. Yes. The recent new Sailor exclusive that we have. Yeah. So got a video on that that I believe should have launched by the time this goes out. If not, it's coming real soon. Uh, and then we are actively working on refreshing uh, basically a whole new series for Fountain Pen 101. It's been a decade since we've done that. Those videos have served as well, but um, we are working on those, but we're putting more effort into those than we would in a normal video. So it's gonna take a little while, but expect those. That's like the next thing that we've got in our in our crosshairs. So we're gonna be working on that pretty heavily. So there might be a, might be a gap we in might have a gap. weekly we'll, videos. We'll, we'll keep see. the pencast going. Yeah, for sure. But we might, some of the other videos, we may be a little more sparse, but it's just because we're working more intentionally on those. So that's uh, pretty much what we got for you this week. And then we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Well, I wanna thank everybody. For watching again you have traveled with us 88 miles an hour to the end of this episode now now drew at the beginning of this episode before we started filming i said there was something that i wanted to mention yeah and i was going to bring it up yeah you said and, it had to do with back to the future so. and i remember that there was something and i can't remember what it was oh darn fooey. i feel like it was good oh i think i've lost it oh, oh. i had a i had a bit of a hypothetical question for you oh here. yes please if you are traveling in this time traveling DeLorean and you're at 88 miles an hour and you set the time that you travel back like one second, would you get caught in an infinite loop because you would just like go back in time a second and then you time travel again, you go back in time a second and you time travel back again and just, would you like end up in an endless loop no because you could choose not to go back in time when you show back up but if it was like one second prior you wouldn't even have the time to change the trajectory of what you're going on you would just time travel and you come back and then you'd be immediately time travel again back one second oh you mean the speed wouldn't decrease right oh. so you'd be 88 miles an hour mm. and you would time travel back one second and as soon as you time travel back you would be going hitting 88 miles an hour again and then time traveling back. I don't know mm -hmm. if the mm -hmm. time circuits allow for that fine that that uh, uh, fine tuning of an adjustment. I don't know if you can set it to seconds. You can't set it that precise? I don't. I'll need to. It would I, have to be that precise. I'm envisioning it, and I think it might just go to the minute. It can't do that because the Earth is rotating through space at hundreds of thousands of miles mm -hmm. an hour or a second or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's very fast. If you don't get ultra precise, you could end up like half a million miles oh. in the middle of space. If you're like one minute off, the earth is gone and you're time traveling, but you're just like, like floating around and then that, you die. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. You have to be precise. Well, I'm saying like, I don't In order for time travel to work at all, yeah, you yeah. have to be that precise. I know. So... Well, you maybe could catch yourself in an infinite. Maybe, loop. maybe it is like connected to your settings, and it just follows your settings or something like but that. But your settings would be set to go back, and you'd be well. It'd be the it'd be all the same settings. Yeah, I don't know. Well, time travel isn't problem. real, so it's, it's not. Um, but, you know, but anyway, yeah, I don't. That was my question that I thought yeah, of right before the podcast started. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that he set mm. it to seconds. I don't know if seconds were on there. I mean, I'll have to look at a screenshot. It has to be, otherwise, you're going to end up in the middle of space. You're going to end up in the middle of outer space. Well, I don't uh, like, well, even if 
you had the right second, you'd have to have the right location in the universe. Yes, you'd have to be ultra so, so, precise. So, so actually, like time doesn't even matter. Like seconds don't matter. Like location well, it does matter because you have to. Yes, both matter. Yeah, they both, both matter, matter tremendously. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Or if you're like a little bit off, you end up like thirty miles under the ground. Mm-hmm. You like, like time traveling into the middle of the mantle, yep. and then you just die instantly. That's very true. It's very very shaky science. I don't Touch. know about this movie. Well, <laughs> yeah, the whole time travel thing. I don't know. I think it's pretty. I don't know about this. I think it's flawless. <laughs> Makes that, perfect that sense movie to was me. Flawless, right? um, okay. Anyway, but thanks for leaving us uh, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Ask us some comments and questions and things, and subscribe to all this stuff. Check out GoodlyPens.com, and I have a fun fact. Bring it. So I mentioned Lego earlier. You did Lego tires and stuff like that. First off, do you know? As I was, this is not the actual fact, but this is a tangent of a fact. As I was researching the Lego things, it was like, uh, oh, you know, Lego is the biggest tire manufacturer in the world. Well, obviously, Lego tires are smaller than like vehicle tires. Probably, yeah. So I stumbled across somebody who had calculated like how much rubber is in a Lego tire compared to an actual tire and like how many Lego tires you would need to like compare to one regular car tire. Okay. Do you have an idea of how many it would be? It's about 200. That's less than I thought. It's about 200. I probably would have guessed. Over a there's, thousand. There's actually more rubber content in Lego tires. So technically, if you're counting like just the rubber, it's like 200 Lego tires per huh. other tire. Anyway, um, that's that was my side fact. That's not my actual fact. Oh, oh. My actual fact is that, for those that didn't know, this just happened. I may have talked about this before, but they are building a Lego factory outside of our town. I did hear that, yeah. They just broke ground on it April 13th. So it's going to be in the process is going to be made over the next two years so it's going to open it's going to be in chesterfield so like not super far from where the amazon uh, distribution center is Mm. but this lego factory is going to be it's the first one in north america or no first one in the u.s they might have one in mexico but it's the first in the u.s it's going to be like in our town um probably about 20 25 minutes from where gula pens is um it's going to be massive i think it's close to two million square feet is that bigger than the amazon yeah it's about twice the size Jeez. So it's big enough to fit um, 260 football fields. That's how big this factory is going to be. It's going to be a 340-acre facility. It's a billion-dollar facility that's going to have its own solar farm that's going to be a zero, like, uh, have they, what's it called? A carbon neutral. So it's going to be all self-powered. They haven't, they haven't built this solar factory. farm yet. No, it's they just broke ground like um, three weeks ago. Okay, they, so they haven't started building the solar farm yet. No, but it's coming. Because I drove by a massive solar farm a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and I had no idea where it belonged to. And I oh. think I was south of the river. Well, but I'm like, what is this for? And somewhere. I, I, I mean, had no idea. It's a trendy thing to do. So that's what they're doing. Massive. So yeah. So they, <coughs> they're going to be hiring like 1,700 people for this place. And yeah, apparently they uh, it'll be fully operational by 2025. I'm very excited. I'm hoping that like just more Lego things will be happening in our I city. Think that's when, I think that's also when we're getting a Bucky's. So it's going to be a big year. Oh, for, look at that. A big year for Bucky's Richmond. Bucky's and Lego. There you go. <laughs> what more could you want in the city? Um, so yeah, a little fun fact wow. in our little local town. 260 yeah. football fields. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's so So you've been on a football field. Big. I so just you, went on the so, Colts football so field a couple have, weeks ago. So you have ago. a very A football field's like, it's a pretty good size, but... 260 of them is really big. Like I've toured our Amazon distribution center here a few years ago. I think that one was 1.2 million square feet. I don't know how you remember numbers. I don't do it reliably, but for whatever reason, I remember that one. 
So that one, I was standing in the middle of their fact of the of the the distribution center, and it's just rows of shelves for all the products to pull. You, I was standing in the middle. You look down one direction, and all the shelves just go to a vanishing point. You can't see the end of the building. Oh. You turn around, you look the other way, and it goes to a vanishing point. You literally came and see the ends of the building. It's so big. Oh my god! And it's going to be twice as big as that. It like blows my mind. Does that mean we're going to? Does that is that are we going to benefit from that in any sort of like store or? I don't know if they're going to do anything like from like a <coughs> retail standpoint or like anything. We should get we should get something for that. I hope they have like they sell like defects or open box like type stuff. Like yeah, how much something. are they going to produce in that place? Like, but that's a freaking yeah a billion dollars invested in that least, factory. Like, it's going to be like state of the art. We don't need crazy. a theme park, but we should at least get a Lego store. I feel like you know, come on, it's going to be a lot of Lego people, and they're going to have like executives coming all the time, and like more likely to have more Lego things. I don't know. I'm just saying. Oh man, forget. Orlando, let's make a Lego land in Richmond. Let's make it happen. We already got Bush Gardens and we got King's Dominion. Let's get, get, get a third can, park can we, going. Can we trade King's Dominion for Lego land? I would. I'd trade them both. <laughs> I'd trade them both for Lego land. <laughs> anyway, that's so, awesome. A little fun fact there. Yeah. I thought that was kind of neat. So, anyway, thanks all for watching. We'll catch you on the next one. And 